A full commitment's what I'm thinking of. You wouldn't get this from any other guy. Ladies, gentlemen and variations thereupon, this is Modern Escape. Pop pickers and welcome to the 1980s. My name is DJ Oodle Sinclair and it's time to introduce the UK's top four. In at number four and a non-mover, it's Gadget. Hello. Down two places and last week's number one, it's Stig. Aww. <laughs> a brand new entry to the UK top four and straight in at number two, it's Candy, but she can't be with us tonight due to touring in China. And that's right, <laughs> you've guessed it. We have a new UK top four number one singing live tonight with his debut single, Bigging Up the Boomers. It's Biggie! <laughs> yes! Don't talk about something for once. You're going to sing? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Before we get into the show, please consider becoming one of our sexy and incredibly cool patrons. Help us divide and conquer the podcasting world. Details are in our show notes, but mainly check out our website, modernescapism.co.uk, for more exquisite content and links to everything we do. <sighs> do you know what? I-, I weren't on last week. Gadget weren't on last week. No. Do you know what? We're, do you know what we've been really missing? We've been like, lacking it. for. I've tried taking I- supplements for it, and I-, I-, I just can't find it. Yeah, I've been pining for something. What could it be? I need some news. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know which one was worse. Somehow that was worse. <laughs> Keep it in. Keep it in. You may already know, but he doesn't, because it's time for Biggie's Breaking News. Uh, so, first up... Xbox boss Phil Spencer has made Microsoft's promise yet again around the future of Call of Duty on PlayStation platforms. This time, he's come out and said that as long as there's a PlayStation out there to ship to, it will still be on there. So I'm really not sure what's going on with this because Sony kicked off about COD may or may not be on uh, PlayStation, even though they've got exclusivities around Call of Duty themselves. It's all been a bit of a mess, but yeah, apparently... uh, Phil Spencer's still going to allow it to be on PlayStation, so... It's a fucking mockery, the whole figure. thing. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 were, they were trying to get um, the Competition Markets Authority and our government yeah. to basically block the merger of Activision yep. and... Uh, uh, block Xbox from buying Activision. That's what it, That's all it was. Um, because Sony just can't seem to you know get a foothold in anything because they're shit these days. Mm-hmm. These days, it's been like this for a good few years, mate. <laughs> but it feels like a, it does feel like a bit of jab, doesn't it? As long as the PlayStation for it to be on. Oh yeah, and that's yeah. soon there won't be. <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> feels the like, last one. <laughs> definitely feels like a loaded statement, that doesn't it? Yeah, when Microsoft buy them next year. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Oh, mate, weirder things have happened. He's going to get Phil Spencer and Jim Ryan doing that fight with the with the spears from Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was there a rumor that they were going to try and get the Xbox Game Pass running on a PlayStation? No, uh, not on Switch Nintendo. Somewhere. Yeah, they, they yeah. wanted to get X- uh, XCloud going on the Switch, which would be great for Microsoft to get into Japan. In my opinion, it would be the easiest way for them to get into Japan because they don't yeah. sell many Xboxes yeah. over there. No, 
They don't like the. They don't like anything that's basically not homegrown. Other really. I mean, I th- I, to be fair, I think it's because the original Xbox marketing was trash. Have you not seen those adverts of Bill Gates holding a cheeseburger? They came out when the Xbox was going to be released in Japan. (laughs) Very culturally insensitive. Yeah, yeah. Next. Well, more PlayStation news. As PlayStation PlayStation Plus subscriber numbers are down by 2 million despite their revamping the PlayStation Plus tiers. Game sales are also down year on year as PlayStation 5 passes 25 million consoles shipped. Interestingly, PlayStation Plus had 45.4 million subscribers as the 30th of September. This year is down more than 2 million from 47.2, which is signed up at the same point in 21. I mean, you know- I, I, did, I get PS Plus if there's a game I don't own, and then I completely I stop the automatic renewal. Yeah. It's rare I do it nowadays. I I I, I have it because I still like to play like Elden Ring online and stuff like that. You know, I still like to do the odd bit of online stuff. I had to do that when I ran the fight clubs, but I've I've weaned myself off that. But I mean, the thing is, Sony kind of fucked it up by doing this kind of very complicated three tier thing. Like I like I've I've, I've got the mid tier, so I've got the one which comes with the game collection thing, like with, with all the older games on. Um, mm. but. You you see some you go into the PlayStation Plus homepage and it says, "Oh, get demos of like get demos of this brand new game," and I've got to be on the next tier up. You know, yeah. You could if they had to have different tiers, you could just have a two tier thing. You know, the That's all they needed the, to do the cheap the cheap one and then the one with like all the extra game collection stuff. I mean yeah, the yeah. the um the extra one has got a lot of games on. Yeah, like, it does. It doesn't rival Game Passes in getting new games. Well, that's no. well, that's that, that's the other the, thing because the not... quality that's there the, is mm. fucking good. Yeah, that's that's you the that's the other thing. That they're not You're they're not putting first party exclusives onto onto it. No, and that's what Game Pass has over the competition. Yeah, and you can't argue with that. Like, imagine how many more people that have signing up if you could play God of War this week on it <laughs> without having to spend <laughs> seventy quid on a disc. Imagine how many millions <laughs> would lose in that multi-million dollar game that they've made. Well, true, yeah. Do you know what the best thing about all this was? Their statement about that it's because people are going outside. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) What? There's there's another realm out there? People are going outside, and that's why they're not subscribing to PS Plus. Yeah, that's it. They said that that a few years, well, quite a while back now, with PS3, you know, they had PS Plus on that. Yeah. And they were saying, oh, we're blaming club culture, why people, they're not staying at home and playing Wipeout anymore. It's like, what? (laughs) What you what you mean to say is these kids are not kids anymore and they're going out, <laughs> so they're not back getting PlayStation Plus. Fucking idiots! Sony is stupid. Oh, they are they're the worst. I don't know. Well, speaking of which, finally, PlayStation VR two was announced with the uh, pricing. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Pre-orders will begin on November the fifteenth, and players may begin to register um, as live as this um, podcast is out. Now it's going to be priced in the UK at five hundred and twenty nine point nine nine more than the console, <laughs> and all Seven you get is the million headset, pounds, <laughs> the VR two sense controllers and stereo headphones. Mate, at that price also- for a proprietary um, accessory, it may as well be the the. The, what do you call it, the Nintendo VR boy thing, whatever it was called? <laughs> virtual, <laughs> virtual boy, virtual boy. It may as well be that yeah. at that fucking price. 
The thing is, that it, is ridiculous when you can get an Oculus for cheaper. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. I've no doubt it will be better than an Oculus because you know they've put a lot more mm. money into it, and it's it's newer. Oculus is two years old. Fine, but at five hundred twenty nine pound, I think what would make it an absolute killer app that people would pay into is if you could use it for PC VR as well. Yes, if yeah, you could absolutely. use it because it's got the inside out tracking. It's got it's it's got its own controllers. Everything maps to everything these days. If you could use it as a, uh, a HMD for PC VR, great. That would be perfect. I would pay £530 for that. Yeah. But, as, as like a multifunctioning yeah, device. But it's something that it's can, a different story, that. Something that can only be used for the PS5 that you have to have wired. It's not wireless. Um, <laughs> is not backwards compatible with previous gen PSVR. So you can't play Resident Evil 7 on it. Absolutely stu- stupid. Can't play. You can pay. £569 to get Horizon Call of the Mountain bundle. So you get 40... Because that'll actually come with a game that you could use it with. So it's a 40-quid <laughs> four, game. You mean, which... a, you mean a three-hour experience, not a game? It's going to be an experience <laughs> game, isn't it? <laughs> they, don't, they don't give away games free, mate. Nobody does. Well, you're paying £40 pound for it. Oof. Fucking hell. Man. Yeah. It, Absolute stupendous. I did, I did call this, though. I said it would be more expensive than the console. And yeah. You did? You did, Nate. Yeah, you but did. It's, 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 it, it's stupid. So, it's so many bad decisions, because the tech is probably great. It's probably a really nice headset to use. But it being so restricted, what you can use it with is just absolutely going to kill it and the price. The wildest thing, when you think to like bedrooms and, and, and how people want the setups, you can get... The cheapest PS5, the discless, and the Xbox Series S are cheaper than getting that in the bundle. <laughs> yeah. So you can have the best of both worlds or cheaper than having this new, again, proprietary compound. Exactly. I mean, if, if, you, if, you didn't or, if you didn't already have a PS5 and you wanted to get that, the headset, and then Horizon Call of the, whatever it's called, Call of the Mountain, £1,040. <laughs> oh, the, the, wow. the biggest problem as well for me is I don't trust Sony and game developers stick to, with it. to stick with it. Mm. Well, oh, they proved no, it. PSVR 1, like, just yeah, they didn't support barely it got any big games on it. Yeah. It was like two years worth of support that gave it, and then it just kind of like dropped. People were saying, people were saying, you need to get a PSVR, it's worth it just for Astro Bot. Is it? Is it really? Is it really worth it for one game? It's really good. But for one game? (laughs) No, no, not for one game, but it's really good. That's like saying a a PS5 is worth it for Astro Bot. It's a great little game. It is a a good game. But you don't buy a PS5 for it. I've not played it since the first week I had the PS5. Exactly. Still not finished it. It's, nice. it's so good in VR though. I'll spoil ending this fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, when you play it in VR though, you can't help but like wave at him. He's like looking up oh, at you yeah, and just like, hi. And he just waves back and you're just like, yeah. You know what? I'm, when <laughs> when not... I do this podcast, I, I tickle Biggie's head all the way through it. So I'm going to be tickling <laughs> Astro Boy. <laughs> I'm going to tickle Biggie's head right now. Yeah, it's good in it. It's a good feeling. Mm. <laughs> Next. Um, <laughs> Kojima, Pro- <laughs> Kojima Productions has revealed Japanese Australian actress Shioli Kutsuna will star in its upcoming and now somewhat mysterious new game. It, uh, she was best known for her role as Yukio in Deadpool 2. There's also roles yep. in Murder Mystery and The Outsider. Hasn't this also got El Fangin? Yeah, Ellie Fangin's in it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. But- I mean, I'm enjoying the reveals. I'm, I'm kind of like just waiting. Okay, give us. I mean, the thing is, he's going to announce the game, and then we're still not Slowly. going to know what, it, what it's about for five years. <laughs> in 2025. 
Yeah. I'll take anything from <clears throat> Kojima. And I know it's fanboyism, but inject him into my veins. I'm fine. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Whatever it is, I'll take it. It's sci-fi from him again. I think we should have sci-fi again. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, where, that's where he's at his best, I think. To be fair, Death Stranding was pretty sci-fi. It was just heavily political as well. Yeah, yeah but I, I mean, like, I, in space. Oh, yeah, we'll send, send some shit to space. Yeah. Give us another Zone of the Enders. Police and stuff. Zone of the Enders, Police Snarts. I want to get into old school. Yes. Actually, go back with the previous story. Give us VR Zone of the Enders. Oh. Yeah. That would get you to buy a yeah, get... yeah, it would a little. Oh, fuck. <laughs> imagine if... <laughs> imagine Steal if, it. Imagine if cause it, that his game came out and it was a VR game. Oh, die me, I'd die. <laughs> a Kojima game, I'd you can't lie in bed to play. I'd have to go I'd have to go on Money Saving Expert or Money Supermarket and get a good credit card just to pay it off. <laughs> go, sell, go sell your kidney down cash converters. I've only got one left. <laughs> uh, Next. New evidence has been discovered that points towards PvP DLC coming to potential game of the year, Elden Ring. It's found by Ooh. data miner Sekiro Doobie. Um, the latest update to the game includes data for text banners that read things like "You win, you lose, draw, and begin match." And this is what I said, die, Gadget, about the Colosseum. Yeah, exactly. That's why I put it in here. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I get PS Plus again, then. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's there's also been stuff with there's uh, like I think there's there's ent- there's entries in the code now for an additional thirty or thirty six bosses. Oh, so any so people are assuming any um, DLC is going to be substantial. Um, Do you know that there's there's also there's also entries in the code for I think two legacy dungeons. Nice. The way I think of it now, if from software wanted to be clever, get that get that released early next year, then they can have even more time on whatever they're cooking next. I don't. I, th- I think if it was coming out early next year, we would have had an announcement by now. I think they'll announce it next summer for like this time next year. Wow. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's, I, mean not, I know. Not, I know. I know they've got multiple teams now, haven't they? They've, they've started yeah. to because they're massive now. So we've got time to. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe two games a year or something like that. I think. I think it'll be a game every two years from them. That seems to be the current rate. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm cool with that. I go over to the world of film. Stig's world has been rocked as Raya and The Last Dragon director Carlos Lopez Estrada will write and direct the live-action remake of Your Name, the movie. Don't want... Oh, do, I don't want it either. Nobody wants. <laughs> I, I think I, I, Your Name's such a special film on it, as it is. I haven't even seen the film, but everyone, everyone on Twitter... Really good. Everyone on Twitter is like, no, we don't want this. Who asked for this? Nobody wants it. <laughs> By all Hollywood, accounts, because God. Hollywood loves trying to remake anime films that, and... TV shows with Western mm. people, and it never fucking works. Nope. <laughs> it's just a really good film anyway, just to watch. It doesn't need adjustment. It doesn't need yeah. enhancing or remaking. It's just perfect as it is. Yeah. Watch, the, watch the animated film. Yeah. Because it's just, oh, it's a cartoon. It's, it's still it's a not, fucking It doesn't matter that fantastic, it's a cartoon, does it? It's still a fantastic film. It's yeah. one of the my... The best animated films I've ever seen. I oh, it's absolutely adore it. And you know, I didn't even like Raya and the Last Dragon, so you know that's even worth like another fucking yeah. <laughs> X in my box. Yeah, yeah. Something else that well didn't ask for. Jerry Ginger Spice Halliwell Homer, she's now known, and Digimon Halliwell Horner. What did you say, Homo Horner? I, <laughs> I thought you said Homer 
Horner. Uh, Homer. Homer. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, and uh, as we cast in Sony's up and coming Gran Turismo movie, and it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that she possibly is married to team principal of Red Bull's Formula One team, Christian Horner. Hang on, though. Is Hang this going to be on the level of Rita Ora and Fast and the Furious, though, where all she was standing there? At the start I was literally going to yeah. say that. I was yeah. literally going to say that. Flags. I was like, we've seen yeah. this before. <laughs> well, can you run her mm. over? I don't know. I even forgot they were doing a film for fuck's sake. Gran Turismo. She's going to turn around. That kind of people, film. They're going to be racing, and she's going to be on the racetracks to turn around and go, "Stop right now!" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, David Harbour's also in it. He was the first member of the cast to be officially revealed. Mm, I don't It'll like. be directed shit. by Neil Blomkamp. Mm. Mm, hit and miss. Hit and miss. More misses than hits. Mm. A lot more misses. <laughs> District 9 excellent, but I haven't seen anything else by him that I've liked. Mm, no, no. At least oh. it was shit, weren't it? And Chappie has DeAntwold Some... in it, so it's automatically terrible. It's banned. <laughs> Next. Something that we are looking forward to is Paramount's new Dungeons & Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves. But its uh, release date has been pushed back to looking at a March 2023 release now. I, think, I mean, you said we're all looking forward to it. One of us in particular is looking forward to it, yes. and that's Gadget. He wants to get tips from that film. I, it, you know what? It, it's not. It's I'm not really even that. Looking it's, to it. it's not even that it's a Dungeons and Dragons film. It's just I, I've seen the trailer a few times now. It just looks like big dumb fun. Mm. And there's, there's there's room for that. Yeah, I there's agree. room for that. And um, I, I I was reading in the article about why it was delayed. Um, it's because they want to give it a good stretch because the Ant Man is out in the middle of February. I was going to say it's because of Ant Man. <laughs> yeah. So they they kind of don't want to. They like it's probably slightly different audiences for it, but they don't want to kind of risk losing money on having it all taken by a Marvel film being out at the time. Yeah. I tell you what, the thing- um, go on. we never really touched, I know I'm deviating here, but speaking of Ant-Man, we didn't really touch on the uh, trailer, did we, when that came out? No, we didn't. I still haven't I seen it yet, not. actually. Yeah. Mm. I really like, uh, really like yes. the look of Kang. I do. Mm. Yeah. He's going to be great, isn't he? I don't think he's going to be. Oh. They need something there, don't they? Yeah, they need a, a big. We're just forgetting. Like we're just forgetting that the phase that we've had. We're just forgetting it. Start again. Yeah, it's very CGI heavy, but I think you're gonna have to do that if you're in it's the modern realm. Like, there's no <laughs> other way around big. it. Yeah, <laughs> there's no other way around it. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think it's gonna be yeah, more. I've got to decide. Film. I've got. I mean, I go see all the Marvel films in cinemas, but I've got to decide which of the other. Two films that are not Marvel, I will go see next year because it's never a lot. Got to be so June. I don't, it's got to be June, hasn't it? But then again, I didn't watch the first one in cinemas either. I think you need to witness it in the cinema. Yeah, Ooh. I think I missed out, didn't I? And I don't think the second film that's non Marvel I'll go see is Dungeons and Dragons. I'll probably wait for that one. I'll, There's a few of it. Opp- Oppenheimer's the, probably the number one I want to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to see DD in, in the cinema. Oppenheimer and uh, Dune Part Two are the other big Wait, ones. I've been remind doing. me, what's Oppenheimer? You guys are talking about this. I've got it's, to ask um, what it is. I've, it's I've Chris this. Nolan's. Yeah, it's Christopher Nolan's next film. It's about Robert Oppenheimer, the guy who invented the, nu- the nuclear Atom. bomb. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm. The, the guy who said, "Oh shit, why did they invent this?" Bollocks. <laughs> yeah, the guy. Who that guy. All. <laughs> I, I mean, I think the actual quote. quote <laughs> the, the actual quote is, "I have become destroyer of worlds." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also, also at the end, bollocks. 
<laughs> That's how the film ends. <laughs> yeah. Bollocks. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I'll 100% go and see that Mario film. It's on my birthday weekend. It's on my birthday weekend. I'm taking the kids. I am not going to see a Mario film in cinema. Uh, Even though it looks good, I'm not going to do it. 100%. I didn't even see the trailer for two weeks. (laughs) No, no. Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. (laughs) That's about as good as he sounded. (laughs) I'm keeping that as a sample. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Next. Moving on. Uh, A game you may not have heard of uh, called The Last of Us. The TV show now premieres on the 18th of January on Sky. 16th. You've read your own note wrong, you dickhead. 16th of January. Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> you, need, you, need to, you need new glasses, pal? I do. <laughs> no, I haven't got mine on today, year. and I'm still reading the notes well. This is going well. Good summit to uh, look forward to in the new year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll definitely get um, Now TV. You notice that they always schedule kind of like dark, horrible dramas for January when everyone's as depressed as fuck. Hey, I get my week off in January. I'll be buzzing. It'll be my favourite month. You'll not remember it. You'll be drunk all of it. Ah, I need to lay off it after last night. Fuck. (laughs) Yes, yes, listeners, Oodles is hanging again. That's why my voice sounds like this. I'm fucked. (laughs) Next. Next up, Kristin Miliotti from How I Met Your Mother and Palm Springs fame has joined HBO's Max's The Batman spin-off series based on the Penguin, where she'll play Sophia Falcone. She's really good. Uh, so. Yeah, she's great. I like, I like her. Yeah, I like her in Palm Springs. So, yeah, I've got no qualms with this. Yeah, really looking, looking forward, forward to, to that. As well. I do with that. Yeah, me too. He was class in the Batman. Oh, so yeah. good. So good. Deserved a bit more screen time, I thought. I think they did it deliberately to make this next one. Mm. People wanting, Oodles even wanting. Extremely happy about the next bit of news is that Sandman has been renewed for season two at Netflix. Mate, me and oh, uh, uh, like thousands of people on Twitter were like, "Oh, they're gonna they're gonna fuck gaming over, and we're not gonna get this because they keep doing that to him." And the, the, they've defied the odds. We've got it. We've got season two. I'm the thing is, he could wrap the it, it could it could wrap the whole tale up with this season if he wanted to. If he's not going to get another one, we can have a complete saga. So, oh god, best show it here. It was really uh, good. I really enjoyed it. Stretch. Something finished it. Oh god, I haven't started it yet. I will do. Oh, best last show e- last episode. Uh, do you know what? Actually, uh, I know that you were all raving about the diner episode, which was very yep. good. I really like the death episode. Death episode oh, yeah. was great. Hit your heart. Yeah, that's the, that's the yeah. one that made me cry. The first, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's brutal, that first half, but then it just takes that twist halfway through and it tells, starts telling a completely different story, but I was really into that story. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. Also, please mm. more Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer. I was very much into that. Which is one of the best changes I've ever seen. Because, <laughs> like, again, they couldn't use the Lucifer from the show, Lucifer, because they don't own that. No. Even though that is the same character, so who else could be the embodiment of hell? It's Gwendolyn Christie. It's perfect, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Love it. Absolutely. She, she she was very much a mood, as the kids say. Mm, mm. Absolutely fantastic. Can't wait for that. Mm. Something that people can't wait for anymore is that HBO has cancelled <laughs> Westworld, ended the sci-fi <laughs> drama after four. Is that seasons. still going? Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
I only watched. I only thought there were one season. No, no, season four watched, came out this year. I watched season what? one, started season two, <laughs> fell off after three episodes, and I didn't even know there back. was season two. It's a shame for fans and the cast that they don't get to come finish the story. I, I really don't like like it when that happens, but they are getting paid for it. Fine, they're not crying. Yeah, another. I think season two. four ended with a cliffhanger as well because I think it was intended to be a five season arc. That's the worst. Yeah. That's the worst. Like if you if you finish a season and there's no cliffhanger, fine. I can I'll be annoyed because there's no more. But it's when they leave you with a cliffhanger, then they cancel it and. Yeah, that, that just if that the show if the showrunners so are really clever, if they want to be clever and, and help the fans make themselves feel better, they'll do a fifteen minute digital graphic novel and drop it on YouTube for free to wrap it up. That's what I'd do if they cancelled my show. I'd just do it on my own back. But then again, I don't make my own show apart from this one. <laughs> That's it for the news. Excellent, excellent. Oh, I needed that. It's made me. It's cheered me up. It's made me feel better. And I want to say as well, I went on last uh, episode and Gadget went. I really enjoyed that, guys. It was, good. It, it was a good episode. It was, it was a good episode. And um, <laughs> Supernatica, she pulled it out of the bag at the last minute. Mm, yes, thank you to her for stepping in because I pulled out at the last minute. I wasn't feeling well on the day, so that's what she said. E. Before I did. Let's move on to the Nexus, and I want to know what Biggie's done Biggie's done, Biggie's done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get Dean if to do another tune. If he can, oh, can read his own notes, he'll be able Wee. to tell me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I uh, finally got around to seeing the movie Smile. I was the fucking third attempt of it. Oh, did you watch yeah. the cinema this time? <laughs> I watched it as yeah. well, so I've got thoughts. I still haven't got my car back. Um, so, <laughs> fucking Smile hell. is a 2022 uh, American psychological horror film written and directed by Parker Finn in his feature director, directorial debut. And it's based on a 2020 short film that he did called La- Laura Hasn't Slept. It stars Sosie Bacon, who is actually Kevin Bacon's daughter, if those didn't know. Really? Oh, wow. As a therapist um, called Rose, who saw her own mother sadly take her own life. So she's trained to be a therapist to try and help others after feeling the guilt that she couldn't help her own mother. After witnessing the bizarre suicide of a patient, she goes through increasingly disturbing and daunting experiences, leading her to believe what she's experiencing is supernatural. Uh, also stars, um, I think it's Rob Morgan, who was in um, The Boys. Is that right? Who else is in there? Yes, it is. He plays a train in The Boys. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. Um, it doesn't do much new with sort of horror tropes in that respect. But what you I do like, like your horrors, though, don't you? Big style. Well, it, it was the horror month, wasn't it? So it's yeah. kinda, I need to move on from horror movies for a little bit. But I really, really enjoyed this. The jump scares throughout are there. Um, horror fans will not be disappointed. But I thought the sound design was really good. Um, it's very The score is really unsettling. Mm-hmm. And certain sounds are amplified and sort of isolated sort of build up the tension in certain scenes. Um, I just thought it was excellent. I want to give a quick uh, shout out to the marketing as well. For those that don't know, um, the uh, distributors hired actors. <laughs> well, the distributors hired actors to promote the film in the US by having actors appear at various football games. Just smiling. Just cr- 
creepily stand there doing the smile that's famous for the oh, posters. Oh, that's what that was. I saw that on Reddit. I didn't realize yeah. it was related to that film. Yeah, they just had people they, they standing were, uh, there the whole game just smiling at the camera. The, the actual <laughs> film was marketed on every bus, shelter, every bus, side of every bus, on billboards, and it was very just just person smiling or something like that. Very, very clever. Very creepy. Mm. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, yeah, it's it's not the, the best horror movie you'll ever see, but what it was, I thought it was excellent. It fills the void because there wasn't that many, I don't think, this year. Uh, a few, oh, but... I disagree with that. Yeah, Halloween man. Ends, that was shite. I didn't like Terrifier. <laughs> that, um... There you go. Barbarians yeah, really Barbarians up there, but... Um, yeah. The, my issue with Smile is um, it follows in the ring, do it better. Right. So it's it's basically kind of doing the same thing. If you've seen it, follows it's pretty much the same film, but I think yeah. it follows it does it better because of that slow. If you've seen that film, that slow, just like impending doom of watching. Is it follows the, the, shag, the shagging one, the one yeah where yes. someone just like yeah, yeah it kind of yeah. and, they, and they just have someone walking after you. Yeah, it's yep, yep. constantly walking after yeah. you. Like it's, it's that that feeling of looking back and just seeing them walking, and no matter where you go, whatever you do in in the world, you could travel to the side of the world, and it will find you. Yeah, I mean the the, prob- the problem is like you compare it to like that and Ringo, which is probably if not the best horror film ever made. Do you know what I mean? It's it's hard to it's a tough pill to swallow, but if mm. like you say, it's good. Sometimes that's all you need from an hour film, especially yeah. like Halloween yeah. ends. It, oh yeah, that was just <laughs> trash. No, this it was you know it's middle of the road, and I enjoyed it. And I, like Biggie yeah. said, the sound design in it is brilliant. That does like yeah. ramp up the te- tension. There's a lot. There's some good jump scares in there. The few that got me. So yeah, and no, Sozy was fantastic in it. I thought showing yeah, the yeah. breakdown of someone psychologically was brilliant. I thought mm. a lot of people don't obviously. It's that usual. She's trying to explain, you know, things are happening and, you know, it's, it's something sort of supernatural. Everyone's just looking at it like you're off your head. You know, it's just kind of, she did that very well. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And mate. I played a, another game that um, you may have heard of called Marvel Snap. <laughs> oh, never heard <laughs> Which of it. Which I've really enjoyed. Um, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've enjoyed playing that, but I'm nowhere near the levels that Mr. Oodles is. Good segue. <laughs> <laughs> My turn. I've been playing Marvel Snap for the last two weeks. Uh, have you? Oh, have tell you? us about that, Oodles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard nothing about this. Yeah. All oh, right. Oh, well, let me enlighten you. So, uh, Marvel Snap is a digital collectible yeah, card game. Don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. Wake up. Developed by uh, Second Dinner and published by Nuverse uh, for Windows, uh, Android, and iOS. And it's developed by over half of the team of Hearthstone as well. So it's got pedigree, and you can play it without feeling bad as well. So, for people that don't know, it's set in the Marvel comic universe, not the MCU, so I'm allowed to talk about it. So players each have a deck (laughs) of 12 cards. Each card depicts a Marvel character with cost, power level, and potentially a special ability. So far, it's Magic the Gathering so far, isn't it? Basically, yep. And Hearthstone and Gwent. At the start of each round, players simultaneously put a card face down on one of the three locations. So there's three zones that you've got to win. Uh, <clears throat> and basically, some, sometimes you get an effect that changes the playing field or 
destroys a card or destroys your own to make a different one stronger. You get it. You've played Magic the Gathering. You've played Hearthstone. You've played Gwent. You've played all that. It's that, right? Right. There are no pay-to-win microtransactions in this game. I like it. Round of applause. So you can't... So there's no, like, card packs or anything? Nope. <clears throat> nope. So everything you get... I mean, like, you can... Now, this is the only negative. You can pay to get cards a month early. Right. Now, these cards that you get a month early are cosmetics that you can unlock yourself. Yeah, so it's not actually new, new cards. No. No. You can always unlock the cards just naturally by playing the game. Right, okay. Um, <clears throat> even if you lose, you're still building up your collection level, which is your level, basically. I'm currently on level 512. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Yeah. I, I think I'm stopped. on 18, so there's a difference. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, to play the game, I compare it mainly to Gwent. If you're a big Gwent fan and you get addicted to Gwent quite easily... Stay back. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is this is uh, Gwent on speed. Uh, each each match takes about three minutes. So, someone like me, ADHD riddled. Yeah, I was going to say it's it, perfect. It, it, it's going to hit all those tiny little dopamine receptors in the back of your yep. head, doesn't it? Oh god! Bright flashy oh. colors, levels yeah, going comics up. that I love, numbers like like I, I was telling you guys in the Discord that. The art style, the default art style, is my favourite art style in it. Everything that you have to pay for is yeah. fucking shite. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's you should, awful. They, they look rubbish. They really do. <laughs> they look rubbish. But like all the whales like and the Fortnite kids, just... characters. Yeah, I know. So stick with the default ones. Spend no money, guys. Spend no money. And the best thing about the game is, for people like me that need that little dopamine, it there's missions, daily missions, and the missions are simple, like play more one one tier cards or play more two tier cards. And what that does, the missions are slightly tutorialising the actual game. It makes right. you change your deck up. And the fact that it's only a 12-card deck, deck, 12 card deck, what, I mean, you're not there. Like when I was playing Hearthstone and other, certain other card games, you're shitting you're saying, like, am I in the meta? Am I doing this right? Am, am, I, am I wasting a slot for this card and that card? 12 is so easy to handle. So it's it's, just, it's it's kind of closer to Gwent then than like oh yes yeah, yeah like Hearth, Hearthstone yeah. and um, Magic the Gathering you have like forty plus card decks yeah yeah which is the variables are astronomical on that aren't yeah they? and I think there's only like I, I think there might be a hundred cards that exist because they do it in phases <laughs> do you get it mm. phases so we're on to phase two now so there's only like fifty to hundred cards that exist so. What you have to do then when you PvP, because it's completely PvP, random PvP at the moment, you can't choose who to fight. Uh, it, it, everyone's got the same cards. So it's all about being tactical, being fast. You, you, you can't, like, like all card games, you've got about 30 seconds to decide, so you can't cheat. It's, oh, I, think it's, I think it's perfect, and it's bang up there for Game of the Year for me. <laughs> Unless a certain game that drops, I'll have it today. When by the time you're listening to this, is isn't as good. Basically, it's <laughs> it's just I'm I'm glad you've tried it, Biggie. Um, when I first well, tried it, I only played it a few times a day. <laughs> now it's any time I can just pick my phone up. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I really don't play games on my phone anymore, and 
it was only because you were waffling on about it. Obviously, it's Marvel based. I, I like, wouldn't waffle. Just a little look, and um, I had a, a little play with it, and yeah, it's really cool. I like it. It's it's really cool how um, you can, like he says, you can learn <laughs> from what the game promotes to, or just from yeah. the actual battles themselves. Somebody dropped uh, Mister Fantastic car, and if you drop it in the middle. Uh, he punches the other round both sides yeah and it just yeah. and I was like oh god that's really cool um, yeah. and if you have characters that know each other like obviously in the Avengers or Guardians of the Galaxy they have a little conversation with little balloon uh, word yeah. balloons will pop up just, it's just little bits of attention to detail just yeah like it and the best, it's not something i play all day but oh, pick up and play definitely it might end up being mate if you carry on <clears throat> the best thing about it is like <laughs> Each of the three zones that you've got to win, you only have to win two out of three, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But they change as well. They are variables. So it might be, you can't put another card down. So if you've put a card down early and it's low, you've lost that zone. Do you know what I mean? It's, oh, it's so fucking clever. It's I love really it. simple, isn't it? But It's so simple. Tactically but, clever. Yeah. I mean, it's called Marvel Snap. At first, I thought it was Snap, like the card game we used to play when we were I kids. I did too. That's, yeah, what, yeah. that's what I thought when you said what it was called. Nothing to do with that. <laughs> Nothing to do with that at all. It's just another competitor to, to the collectible card game genre. But I honestly, and on art, think it's the best one ever made. I, I, I don't think I don't think another game touches it. Just on sheer. There's a ease the of play. To the snap. There's a cosmic cube at the top. Yeah, of you the, can gamble the screen, and you can gamble to sort of if you think you're basically going to win the match. You've yeah. got a, like a perfect deck. You get you get more you can, uh, more gamble experience. To get more. Yeah. yeah, but if you lose that gamble, you lose what you've gambled. So it's yeah. it's got the gambling addiction as well, <laughs> but it's not oh, you're it's fucked. not money. It's not money though. You know what I mean? It's it's just mm. time. That's all you wasting time. But again, the main the other thing I do love about it the fact that it's on iOS, it's on Android, and it's on Steam. Um, your progress just carries over without even thinking about it. So wherever you are, <laughs> you can play it. You can have the iPad up downstairs, you can have your computer and then your phone as well. You can always just be playing it. It's exquisite. If you've got any interest in this, if you've played Gwent, especially Gwent, just give it a try. It's free as fuck. Just play it. Just play it. Please. I don't want to be on my own. <laughs> I don't want to be on my own. But yes, <laughs> let's move on to... Stick. Hello, that's me. Hi. Right. Uh, a couple of things this week. Um, first up, I watched this um, 80s classic starring Arnold Schwarzenegger called Commander. You may have heard of it. I <laughs> talked about it. Never heard of it. I had to watch it. I was the other so night. Good. I was like, it was like midnight. And I was like, just fancy watching this. Just stuck it on Disney. It's on Disney Plus. So it's, like, it's not even a long film, is it? No, nah, 90 minutes. It's so much fun. Love it. Um, yeah, no, the main thing I've watched this week uh, is The Woman King. So this is uh, directed by Gina Prince-Blythewood, and it stars Viola Davis, Lashana Lynch, John Boyega, and Juso and Bidu. I'm sorry oh, if I get that wrong. Um, and it's the story of the Agoji, the only female unit of warriors who protected the African kingdom of... The homie in the 1800s with their skills and fierceness, unlike anything the world has ever seen. So I think basically the Dora Milaje from Black Panther. Yeah. It's what they're based on pretty much. And it centers around General uh, Naniska as she trains up the next generation of recruits and readies them for battle. Um, Before I talk about this, 
I am well aware of the controversy, controversy. surrounding this <laughs> Yeah. And I will address that, but I want to speak on other things first. So I'm yeah. going to talk about the film, and then I'll talk about my thoughts afterwards. Okay. Um, first and foremost, the best way to watch this film is to view it as a work of fiction. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it is. Taking aspects from history and making a story up with it. So Glamorised, isn't it? I'll go into that again after I've talked about the film. Um, outside of that, really, this film is excellent. Like, if you just look at this as a film, as a work of fiction, as a story, taking inspiration from these women warriors and then making a story up about them, it's phenomenal. It's gorgeous. The set designs and costumes are amazing. The cinematography is fantastic and the performances are just unreal. Uh, Avila Davis is just absolutely spectacular. She's um, great anyway. <laughs> she's 57 years old. She's not when you it. see her in this film, age means fuck all. This is a woman that if you if I was fighting her, I would I, I would this woman's gonna fuck me up. Like she's so powerful and commanding in this film. Like she's absolutely amazing. Um, mm. like it's one of those ones where I'm not watching Viola Davis here. I'm I'm watching uh, the character, the character, like full on. Like it's I'm engrossed with the character here. Uh, she is probably well, I'd say 100 percent going to get Oscar nod, and probably right now the front runner to win it. Um, that Shana Lynch is also very good in this. Um, like. All the women are like complete badasses in this, but she offers uh, like a little lightheartedness, a bit of sarcasm, mm. and a bit of comedy at times. Like she has a really, really good chemistry with uh, Tuso and Bidu. Like that, them two play off each other really, really well. Um, the fight scenes are amazing, so well choreographed. Uh, if not a little bit too modern, do you know what I mean? It, like it's clearly taking yeah. inspiration from some modern films, from maybe the likes of like your. Marvels and that with some of the kind of flippy do stuff and that, but it really works. It makes the women just look incredible. And like from what I understand as well, like a lot of the actors did a lot of this fighting themselves too. So yeah. it, like, which really pays off when you watch it. Like you kind of applaud them for that because they just look amazing. And and mm. at no point do you watch this and think that the tribe of men that they're fighting have a you know advantage. A, uh, advantage on them yeah mm-hmm. at no point mm-hmm. because just the way that they carry themselves the the the, chore- the choreography of the fighting the way that the everything about them just presents like this like you would be scared to fight these women in battle yeah. like they just they look amazing so like, the whole film it just packs a punch whether it's the performances like the emotional beats the fighting it's just craft really well crafted and put together extremely well that's mm. the film. Yes, like, now. Take that as a film. It's incredible. <laughs> uh, onto the controversy. If you don't know what the controversy surround this, the problem is that Hollywood has basically decided to take the Agoji and the Dahomey tribe and romanticize them and make them l- heroes. And when they were brutalists. Historically, they're anything but that. Yes. They were heavily involved in the slave trade. Uh, King yes. Gizo protested against the ending of it. And they he and they did some unscrupulous and horrible things and the film tries to paint them more and anti this they were they, they, yeah. they were they were the ones who were capturing people to be sold as slaves yes so they were one of them but they were big, but white yeah, they, people. they made their kingdom off the back of that that's yeah. how they became so rich and powerful 
The original so, human trafficking, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. The film does address this. Um, oh. They do actually sit down at one point and discuss this and discuss how to move away from that. Um, but as I've just described... That never happened. Well, no, because, <laughs> like I said, King Gizo didn't want it to end. Um, and you do see a glimpse of them actually selling off prisoners at one point. That's about it. it um, outside of that, it's the mm. other tribes and the French that are seen as the slavers. And they are... I mean, the were. The, the homies. <laughs> they are, but the film paints them as they're only the slavers and yeah. the, the homies are the liberators. That wow. is why you have to watch it as a work of fiction. You have to just take this as... We've taken... What they would have been better off doing is if they'd have taken the Goji women and use it as inspiration rather than say this something is them. Something fictitious. Yeah, it, it, rather than say this is them, this is what happened because that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. So outside that, I, I, I think my, my final thoughts on this is that I think there's films like this you wouldn't get these a few years ago. Oh. I think down to the success of stuff like Black Panther is that they, they, you now get in films, people want to see films about African stories and things like that. Like this film a celebration is a, of that heritage. Yeah, exactly. This film is directed by a black woman. It's written by two women. It features a predominantly black female cast. It's edited by a woman. It's produced mainly by women. Good. Don't think you like, I think something like black Panther, just because of the, the type of film it was and who it was catering for mainly was like, that's kind of, really help these stories and that's a good thing like outside of the controversy this is a step in the right direction and people are now willing to put money in production behind these kind of projects it's mm-hmm. just a shame that they twisted kind of what happened to make a more romanticized version of it um yeah. but and again it's a shame it's been review bombed on meta cricket um yeah. Well, funnily enough I'm written to Matt Rotten Tomatoes it isn't that's usually oh, Rotten no. Tomatoes isn't it but that's actually yeah. higher this time, and then the critics. Yeah. But on Metacritic, you should see some of the comments. It's just like, they're just hiding behind. You can tell they're hiding behind the thin veil of historical accuracy. They're hiding behind we, Wikipedia, mate. That's what they're yeah, hiding we, behind. We, we know exactly why they are. You read them, there is misogynistic, racist, and anti-woke yeah. comments in yeah. there. They're pretending that they give a shit about historical accuracies, but you don't see any of them review bombing Braveheart. Yeah, there's a separate agenda, isn't there? Yeah, and one features a ninety-nine percent black cast of warrior women, and one's one white men. A white ma- white men. <laughs> it's it's really boring at this point. Um, yeah, it's dull. If if you watch the film and you have criticisms of the film and the storytelling and everything about that, and and maybe the way that they've kind of glamorized analysis rather people, than perfectly fine. Give me a good yeah. reason, but when your reason is just like this is um, woke propaganda and racist and stuff, it's just like. It, it's just so thin and, and obvious. So just, ugh. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's icky, isn't it? Yeah, it's been well received. It's in my top ten films of the year. If you can wow. go into this film and kind of put all the shit to the side and just watch it, treat it as a work of fiction, then you'll really enjoy it. It's a really, really good film. Yeah, and and I mean, you, you can enjoy it guilt free if you do your you do diligence and. Uh, research what really happened and stuff like that, and you understand. So, regardless, it's like you say, it's a work of fiction. Yeah, that's the best just, way to do it. Because I knew about all of it yeah. going into it. I just, yeah, of course. Um, of course. Yeah. This is what I was reading. I was reading the other day where someone said, "Ah, oh, it's absolutely Oscar worthy, but due to controversy, it probably won't 
I probably will, to be honest, knowing the bloody... <laughs> they do love a bit of controversy, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> they don't care, do they? <laughs> but it's nice to see a film. I, I know that there's, like, in the background of this, that it is a, there is this, the slave element in there, but it's nice to actually see a story set in Africa around that time that isn't just about someone being captured by the slave yeah. trade, sent to America, yeah. and then we watch them on plantations. There is more stories to be told from those those from that culture and those times. I agree, mate. It isn't just that same old story. So it's good that yeah. we're kind of getting that and that Hollywood actually has given them the money to do this. Mm. Um, excellent, uh, excellent. Sh- one quick more... Uh, quickly oh, mention this second one. Um, yeah? I watched Weird, the Al Yankovic story. <laughs> very I just wanted to so mention this one because I wanted to, I wanted to basically give my thoughts to Gadget about it because I know he's a... a Weird Al fan. Yes. I'll start by Apologist. saying, I'm not a Weird Al fan. I've already said this on the podcast. I don't find parody music funny. That's just not me. It's just it's just something that's never clicked with me. I appreciate how clever he is, and I respect how he's managed to take that and make a career out of it. Like, I, I can completely get why people love it. It's just not for me. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the film, though, is just a wonderful parody of modern day music biopics. Brilliant. And mm. it's really great to see them lampoon it in such a funny and outlandish way. That, that I, I love parody films. Parody films is what gets me. Parody music doesn't. And I just love that Al treated his life this way to stay in tune with his character and act. Yeah. That this badass. wasn't yeah, this wasn't just a this is my life story. It's like this is a work like again, this is a work of fiction. So he, did say, he did say in, his, in an interview that yeah. I can't do just a biopic because my life is boring and normal. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. 20 minutes in and I'd laughed like a dozen, a dozen times at least. This, it, um, Daniel Radcliffe is absolutely fucking brilliant. And the, the stuff they do in this, uh, it's just ripping into the likes of Bohemian Rhapsody. They try to be so poor-faced and serious and this just and false piss out of all of it there's some real great cameos in this um there's a lot of characters a lot of real people from the time of like the 70s and 80s like yeah um uh peewee herman and andy warhol and that they all turn up there's a part there's a particular party where it just has all these characters and people from <laughs> they're all there once yeah it just reminds me of that you know that Homer Simpson remembering what happened in the town hall meeting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of the narrator going, and at the party, this was there, this happened, this happened, this happened, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it's, it's all bullshit, but everyone was there to see it happen, and everyone <laughs> loved what happened kind of thing. And the, Weird Al's in it as well as a cameo, isn't he? Yeah, Weird Al plays in a character. He's in it playing a Don't character. Don't he have quite a, a big role in it? Yeah, yeah, he plays one of the, yeah. the uh, music producers. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> um, but the middle section goes off from a biopic and turns more into a naked gun kind of film. <laughs> God. <laughs> but, the, but the payoff for it is fucking great. I was watching it going, this is a bit odd now. It's, it's kind of losing its way, but like it, it brings it back. It really brings it back with a payoff and it's great. And I, I just love watching Daniel Radcliffe do weird outlandish shit. And that's all he'll do for the rest of his life. And he, yeah. he, he can because he's a billionaire. Exactly. Doesn't need to do any kind of franchise <laughs> no. or big studio. It's just like, yeah, I'll do the weird Al Yankovic yeah. film. Of course I will. I see. Yeah, that. Do I gadget. You will love. You'll love it. I, I, you'll I absolutely love it. Definitely going to watch it this week. I I saw an interview with uh, Radcliffe. I think he was on Jimmy Fallon or something like that. He was saying like, "What kind of like? How do you put 
perform as Weird Al's? What kind of notes did he give you? He said, they were all on playing the accordion. He didn't care how I played him, as long as I didn't. As long as that was correct. As long as I didn't look like I was bad at the accordion. (laughs) Which is notoriously one of the most difficult instruments to learn. That Weird Al is a virtuoso at. One of like the world's Which best. Is insane, insane, <laughs> insane. I, I will be flabbergasted if you don't like this film. Honestly, yeah. if you don't I, like this I've, film, I, I've who hard laughed through the trailer, so I know I'm probably going to yeah. enjoy it. Is it on par with stuff like? Because um, I really liked Popstar and um, Dewey Cox. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Like that. I've seen. I've seen oh. people comparing it to Dewey Cox. Oh, I love Dewey Cox so much. It's so funny. I've never seen that. Excellent. Oh, you need to, mate. Oh, you've got to. And oh, Popstar, got- that's never stop, never stopping, however it's called. Yeah, that's great, that's too. so good. A <laughs> couple of things I'll mention in the green room after. Excellent. I've got some for that as well. Gadget, come on, finish me off. It's been a while. It, 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 it has been. Um, so uh, a couple of things. So obviously I wanted to talk about this last week, but couldn't because I, I was ill. But I played through uh, Resident Evil Shadows of Rose, the DLC for Air Village. Yes, good. Um, I'm glad you're bringing this up because yeah. I forgot that yes. I'd beat it. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking excellent. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so Shadows of Rose um, takes place kind of between the ending and the epilogue of um, Resident Evil 8. Uh, you play- it's an interquill, isn't it? Yeah, weirdly. Uh, you play as uh, Rose, Ethan- uh, Rose Winters, uh, Ethan Winters' daughter. She's It's 16 years after the events of Village. She's grown up, she has powers, she's kind of ostracized by her friends and by polite society because she's a, a freak and a weirdo because she has powers. And she sweats white liquid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is weird. Um, yeah. So she is, is basically on a quest that takes her back to the world of uh, Resident Evil Village to get rid of her powers. And that's kind of all I'll kind of say on the story for it. Um, yeah. It's about two and a half hours long. It's brilliant. It's really, really. I I actually think it's the best part of Resident Evil Village. Um, Do you know what, mate? It's it's de- some of the there. moments. Yeah, yeah. You can't argue with that. In fact, there's only one bit of it that I thought let down the rest of it, which is the stealth section. I didn't like the stealth section as much as the rest of it. Unless your game is predominantly a stealth game, don't put a stealth section in it. That's that's my advice. Yeah, yeah the enforced stealth section kind of felt a bit like Spider-Man PS4. Let let IO Interactive deal with the stealth. Mm. <laughs> but the rest of it is absolutely brilliant. Um, you go back to Castle Dimitrescu, so you get to. Unfortunately, Lady Dim, Lady D's not in it, but you Ooh. do you do get to explore the castle. <laughs> and because of the way Rose's powers work and the kind of the things that they set up there, you're. It, it, I mean, the whole DLC is basically straddling areas you've seen before, but you're taking them on in a different way and you're seeing from a different perspective. It's quite a nice way to reuse a lot of the assets that they already built. Um, it does. It does. It does what the main game does as well. It's a secret Metroidvania. Yeah, yeah, kind huge, of huge puzzle box energy. Yeah, which is what you want from Resident Evil. Like the puzzles oh, aren't yeah. too in, aren't too intense either, but you're kind of working around. The, the, the I, I tried to. I went back to it and I tried to do everything in a different order, and you can't. It, you it, can't. There's a no, very it's completely su- scripted. There's a very subtle hand pushing you in the right direction, but it doesn't yeah. feel like there is, uh, yes. which I quite like. Um, then once you're done with uh, Castle Dimitrescu, you go somewhere else, which I'm not going to spoil, which gets very fucking scary, and is literally scary. Sort of a... Resident Evil moment yeah. I've experienced in my life. Yeah, the... and I've played them all. It it kind of it it really does shit on Jack Baker because like the, it makes me so much scarier than anything in Resident Evil Seven. F- oh yeah, a Capcom could do a Silent Hill. It's got <laughs> such easily. huge Silent Hill vibes. <laughs> they could it, easily do it. Um. 
I uh, and once you get past the stealth section, I genuinely, genuinely think you have the scariest bit in the game. You know the yeah. bit, you know, bit I'm talking about where it's it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not going to spoil it for people because I think I, I, the, the, I can say something for it which completely spoils it, but it's just so fucking good. Just play don't it. say anything. Um, it's frightening. <laughs> I still dream about it. <laughs> uh, but no, I could have made a full really game good. on that uh, bit. Rose though, couldn't is, is a really good character. Um, yeah, th- she is complete with, with the fact that she wants rid of the power. She kind of knows everything about kind of Umbrella and all the kind of events that led up to everything. So. She's aware of what's going on when she's in there. And there are some bits where it's really funny because she'll like just have little kind of cut lines of colour dialogue, which she's just so fucking done with it. She's like, done with it, mate. There's, 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 there's one of the puzzles, you're putting things down, and it makes a creepy noise, and she goes, yeah, ha, ha, fuck you. And it's like... Yeah. like oh, she, oh, she says stuff like when you've done it, she goes, who puts puzzles here? Do you yeah, know what I mean? she's a really engaging character. This? I really like her. And I, 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 it's... It is the most definite end to the to the winter's story. I really enjoy the way it ends. Didn't like the last boss so much, but eh, it's fine. Um, I did. I really did. I mean, it's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it just. It was just yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it's really good. Shadows of Rose is fantastic, and it's sixteen quid. If you enjoy Resident Evil Eight, mm. just fucking play it. It's really good. Worth it's it. Cheap. And again, it's sixteen quid. Not just for that, because I'm going to touch on. You get the third person mode on the original Resident Evil, which is actually quite good because I've played a lot of it. I haven't done that yet. I haven't had time to get to it's, it. It makes the game completely different. It's more strategic. You can look around corners, things like that. It completely changes it up a little bit. But the main thing I've been playing on that is the mercenaries. How's it good? Oh, oh. Playing as uh, Eisenberg and Lady Dimitrescu, that is. That that's a game changer, mate. Ah, nice. And I, I played Reverse, which you get if you didn't already get it. I've got it downloaded. Haven't played it yet. I've heard it's pretty good. Reverse, Reverse is good. <laughs> Reverse is good. It's only got two maps at the moment, but the the committed to it apparently. Um, Fantastic. Reverse is just it's a different it's a different beast altogether. <laughs> it's, well, glad yeah, I'm not going to it now. Yeah, but it's a good package for sixteen quid. Ooh. Well, everything's coming up Capcom then. But yeah, I'm really happy with Shadows of Rose. Play it. Just play it. Yeah. Uh, the, main, the main thing I want to talk about is I've been playing a game I've got a code for to review. Uh, this is a game called Oakenfold. What Nothing. is this? So this is, um, I'm, I'm on, the, on its Kickstarter page. It's a Kickstarter game. It's a solo dev game. One guy built it. Um, and it's described as a clever time reversible strategy game. So. Okay. The. This is made by a guy called uh, uh, Rutger Van Dijk, uh, Rutger Van Dijk um, and it is very much inspired by Into the Breach, to the point where if you look up a screenshot of it, it looks like Into the Breach. Now you have my attention. It It is Into the Breach. It, it, oh. it's, it's identical. The, the, the difference, difference is you play as a single character rather than having like a squad of guys around you. But it's the same basic gameplay concept where you've got these alien things that I think they call bio, yeah, biocides, um, which are wrecking the planet, and you have to mm-hmm. basically stop them from uh, damaging infrastructure, damaging uh, supply crates, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it is a roguelike as well, so the um, you, you get oh. heavily inspired by Slayer the Spire. Because the map, Mate. the map is the same as Slay, the, the Slayer the Spire map, where you get like kind of lines, uh, or the um, uh, the map in 
inscription, you know, that kind of thing where you get paths that you can, you follow down. You're my interests massively now, mate. You're speaking my language. <laughs> but what it, so it does these things based on these two games very similarly in terms of like, it, when I was first playing, I was thinking, is there a reason to play this over into the breach? Um, but then I got into the, <sighs> tough one. I got into the time reversing thing. So what you get is you get each, t- each of your turns, you get 12 moves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes their moving squares, doing actions, attacks, that kind of thing. You get like kind of three kind of uh, hockey attacks um, uh, that's either like the one's a ranged one, one's a close up one, one's a moving one. So, you know, move things out of the way. Um, but yep. before the end of your turn, if you fuck something up or you realize your strategy is not going to work, you can roll back all those 12 steps at the beginning of your turn. Oh. Like, um, what was that square game? Was it a Final Fantasy game that had that? Or was it a, one of their spin-offs where you could reverse it? Like a Bravely Default type game, one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, yeah, I know you, what could, you, mean, you yeah. could move it back, but you could only do it a certain amount of times. Yeah, you? but it's, it's, it's basically that. So you can go back to the beginning of your turn and everything on the map Ooh, is affected I like by that. it. Uh, I like that. But if you are clever with things, you can bank that spare time to go into a currency for upgrades. Yeah. So if you think, I've done five moves here, I've got another seven I can do, but I'm in a good place for the next turn, skip the next turn, that becomes then a, a resource for you. Risk reward. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what kind of separates it from Into the Breach. Into the Breach is great mm. and it's one of the best games ever made. Stunning. And, yeah. And this game is taking that formula and doing it well. But this time mechanic is actually really interesting. And the more I played with it, the more I grew to like it and got, it, got interested in this mechanic. Because if you just play it just uh, as red, you, you will just sit and think, I could just play Into the Breach. But when you yeah. engage with this time mechanic, you can kind of scroll back and forth. Because um, you can also like, scroll forward to where you got to as well. If you think that your new idea isn't going to work, oh, you badass. can go back to it. So it's got a nice vibe. It doesn't really have much of a story. Uh, the whole thing is the world's being affected by these alien bioside things. You've got to get to the Oakenfold, which is a colony ship that will take you up to space. That's it. So you go through multiple levels. Um, but yeah, it's... I. I like it a lot, actually. Um, it plays really well on the Steam Deck. In fact, that's entirely where I've been playing it. Um, you got a code for this, yeah? Yeah, I got a code for it. Yeah. Uh, how much is it? Uh, I don't think it'll be much. It comes out on the seventeenth of November. Hang on, I'll see if I can find the Steam page for is it. it. In that cheap bangers category, is it in a cheap bangers category? Come on. <laughs> I think it's going to be. Ooh. Um. Shit. Now there's. Quid, I'm in. I think. I th- there's no price on the Steam page. There is a demo available on Steam. Mm, yeah. it, it might, if it's less than 20 quid, it's in the cheap bangers category. I, I, given that it's a solo dev and it was a Kickstarter game, I don't think it's going to be expensive. I mean, to, I mean, to, get, to get a copy of the game um, on, on, the, on the Kickstarter was 25 euros, so it's probably going to be a 20 quid game. That's fine. It, it counts. It counts. Yeah. No, it's, it's, yep. it's good. And if you look up the art style, it's got a really nice art style. Um, and again, it's re- what is most impressive is that this is a solo dev. I think he's, he paid a guy to do the music, but other than that, it's one guy doing the whole thing. Um, you have three kind of character archetypes you can go through. You play this character you play is called Asher. Um, you can go on, which is more based on survival, which is about keeping um, uh, enemies at range and trying not to get damaged. You can do Agile, which is about quick movement and uh, getting in, getting in, doing damage and getting out. And then the Scientific, which is tech. So cool. Uh, yeah, it's it it's good, and it's I hope that it, it's something that comes out and he gets a lot of praise for it. And then he what's it called? Oaken Snarl. 
Oh, no, that's character in D&D. Uh, Oakenfold. <laughs> Oakenfold, okay, sorry. Yeah, you know, like, you know, like, like the DJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oaken snarls and he's not being very happy. No, no. No. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so that, that, yeah, that comes out on the 17th of November, and I, I mean, given there is a free demo on Steam as well, I would recommend having a try of it and seeing if it suits I'm gonna. you. Um, I'm going to. But, yeah, I think it's got a lot of potential. The more I've thought on it. The problem is, I'll download the demo, but do you know what else is on Steam? Marvel Snap. <laughs> <laughs> we need to put like yes. a, put a block on your computer for that. <laughs> May have not stopped. Let's move on to the main topic. I've been looking forward to this, actually, because um, I love the 80s. So, yeah, we're going to do our... F- it's simple, this one. Our favourite things that have come from the 80s. It's, it's such a simple concept. Why have we never thought of it? Because we're idiots. So, <laughs> because we're idiots. Um, the person who remembers the 80s more than anyone else here would be Biggie. Because he was born in the 40s. <laughs> Fuck. Tell me, Biggie. what's your favourite thing that came from the, from the 80s, apart from your retirement? <laughs> Cookie. Unbelievable. Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got to pick that. <laughs> there are only two sections of any catalogue that has ever excited me. One was the lingerie section, oh, and hell. the other, of course, <laughs> was the toys and games one in Argos. Oh, in the days yes. before In the days before the internet, you had to get your fix from waiting for that bad motherfucker Bible-sized edition that had Mm-mm. page after page after page of toys. Well, they were based on the latest movie, TV series, or cartoon, or the biggest in brand names. They were generally reasonably priced with a neat little description underneath. It had everything a kid or a parent needed to see for shopping for Christmas. If it wasn't in Argos, it just wasn't available. Saturday morning cartoons or um, other big events, some of the fondest memories I've had as a child. He-Man, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, I hated that name. Why couldn't they be called Ninjas? Ninjas are evil. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> Night Rider, eighteen Rambo, you name it. Pac Land, mm. the list goes on. Um, the world of film was also responsible for emptying the wallets with companies like Kenner, who had the exclusive rights to produce toys based on the, uh, the Star Wars films. Almost every character from the movie was present, even those that had screen time of just seconds. The look of the toys weren't particularly realistic at times, um, and the type of scans that you can obviously get today, but your imagination filled in the blanks. That it wasn't Skywalker just the where the lightsaber came out with his arm. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you, even compared to when we were kids, even in the nineties, like you look yeah. at the toys they have now, and it's shite. The toys now are incredible. What we used to They're get was ridiculous. lots of plastic with like someone just yeah. drawing a smiley face on with a marker pen. <laughs> <laughs> and the faces were the same. If you look at like Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, yeah. etc., yeah. they were the same character basically, just with yeah. different paint. Good times. <laughs> Um, if it wasn't just the figures that you wanted but you got vehicles too whether it was the speeder bikes to TIE fighters or the rebel transporters to the Millennium Falcon if you're fortunate enough Ecto-1 you could go all out on the bases too who didn't want the Death Star the Cats Lair from Thundercats or my favourite Castle Grayskull no love for Tracy Island no I made my own I did the Blue Peter thing did you Blue Peter yeah yeah exactly But it and for your Turner. Whether you had Mask, which was sort of based on sort of 
the army, but had that little influence of the Transformers or GoBots was the Japanese-inspired version, with humans piloting the mechs, but also with Transformers. Nothing really beat the Transformers. Mm-hmm. The toys were either inspired the cartoons or vice versa, all designed versa. to make that money. Yeah, it <laughs> America, would definitely vice versa. <laughs> America would lead the way with this as well, because once the popularity of any new toy made it to the UK, parents would queue and even fight to get to the latest toys off the shelves to keep their kids happy. <laughs> Don't know if you remember the days of the Teddy Ruck spins, Cabbage Patch dolls, to mention a few. No, but we, we, we were old young, enough then. to remember the Teletubbies. I, I was yeah. old enough to remember the Toy Story. Brush. The Toy Story. Oh, getting a buzz. Mm. Trying to get a buzz light yet? No get chance. the Turbo Man. It was like Turbo Man. It was basically like <laughs> it was like yeah. jingle all the way to trying to get all of the buzz light yet. It's like, I got nah. one, me. I got one in it. I absolutely adored my buzz so light. So expensive as well, weren't they? It happened, well, Massive that, and all. It happened, Big old doll. Happened even earlier because I remember um, when it was the Turtle Mania and like um, like he couldn't get the yeah. Uh, Pterodrome or whatever we're called. Couldn't get any of them in this country. I oh. I, I, I remember my mother telling us I got I got for nine, Christmas nine ninety one. I got a full set of the, the turtle figures. Uh, only because only because my uncle was in the navy and he happened to see them in Denmark. Shit. When he was a shore leave. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Gay. I only had um, Splinter and April. <laughs> the characters nobody wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's all I, had. I, think I had all of them. Nobody likes you, Booster. I do remember the toys. The toys coming out of the eighties, like from the actual characters, like the turtles and the real Ghostbusters. I had every real Ghostbusters one, yeah, the so, yeah. Eagle Mom where his mouth opened. Yeah, yeah, I had, that I had the one, eighteen, yeah. including the. Oh, and I'm, I'm too young the for the eighteen, the 18 dolls, mate. <laughs> oh, mate, they were awesome. Uh, but whatever you're into, there was something for everyone. Uh, you could be in board games. You had things like Buckaroo, Mousetrap, Operation. Um, you had the Ball Stephen Hawking simulator <laughs> speaking spell. Um, there's Simon, um, etch a sketch. There was just something for everyone. And then you had the 80s gaming boom as well. Oh, and crash. Say, mm. That was one of my favorite things. You talk about like, re- like looking through the Argos catalog. One of my f- favorite things was like looking through that and like seeing what games were in there now and what accessories. Big m- Mega Drive Ooh. splash screen, yeah, splash page. Yeah, like, oh, what's in there God. now and what's what's new. That is one of the ways to know like what was new. And just <laughs> yeah. just a quick tangent on that with the Argos. We got an Argos catalog over week and it's just got a massive Fortnite um, Fortnite EV book page now. It's awful. Oh, it's not nice. Oh, it's not no. what you want to see. They're also also like only they're dead thin now, aren't they? Only like a couple of hundred pages. Oh they're tiny. Yeah. And every, every time you go on something that's like, for more, scan this QR code and see it on your phone. It's like, no, it's not the same. It's not Do you the remember same. the pallets when you go into Argos of just yeah. all the catalogues? Yeah. Mate, in, in our house they're free as well to take. Like, yeah. Yeah. My nana, my nana used to ring uh, landline, landline guys, uh, younger listeners. And say, right, I'm outside Argos. How many do you want? My mum would be like, four. Get four catalogs. <laughs> <laughs> One for every room. Your poor nana's having to drag them through the streets. <laughs> no, bless her. I know. Jenny had one of them trolleys. <laughs> so yeah, you had the consoles, whether it was um, Sega Genesis or an Atari 2600 or the original NES. Or if you're into mm. computers, you had the Commodore 64, your Spectrums and your Apples. But yeah, funny memories of fond memories of the eighties always reminds me of the toys that I used to love. Yeah, man. Good, good pick. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad someone brought that up because, yeah, that that's just. Do you know when that nostalgia that makes you smile rather than oh I hated that time. That's that's a good one. That's a good one. 
a simple tome of uh, of capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Right, I'll move. I'll do this next bit. So, the most impactful moment in world history happened in the eighties. When this event happened, the world stopped. You could hear a pin drop. Five billion people then raised their fists into the air and rejoiced at the apex of human endeavour, taste and wonder. That moment was my birth. But we're not talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) Boo! (laughs) Boo! (laughs) You weren't... Well, you were there, actually. Yeah, I'm youngest, aren't I? So... I was there. Joking. He's the dad. Obviously. What? Dad! <laughs> Mate, you'd have been about fucking nine when you when you were t- when I were born. Top shagger, big. I've got those fags. Top shagger. Absolute top shagger. <laughs> yeah, for me, my favourite thing about the 80s was the music. To the point where I would die on the hill that states that the 80s is the best decade of music since cavemen started banging sticks together 80,000 years ago. <laughs> Popular music today is simply dull and unoriginal. Oh, gr- oh had- great, we're going to get a middle-aged man rant going on here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unoriginal. But the 80s had every genre covered, from psychedelic jazz fusion albums to the birth of thrash metal. Everything had its place. But the king-slash-queen genre of music in the 80s was pop music and the new romantic movement. Oh, my God. So we're talking Duran Duran, Flock of Seagulls, Madonna, Pet Shop Boys, Tears for Fears, The Cure, Culture Club, Spandau Ballet, Depeche Mode, and the change of acts from the 70s that morphed into the 80s with a plum, in my opinion, like Elton John, David Bowie, Genesis, Queen, Ozzy Osbourne even had his 80s moment. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Everyone changed for that decade and for the better in a lot of places. So, like, everyone, everyone was having fun and trying to spread love and joy in a decade filled with political strife and uncertainty. Uh, the fashion, oh, the fashion that went along with the music scenes were also top tier. Like, to the point where I wish I were born in the late 60s so I could have been a teenager in the 80s, like Biggie. But instead, I was a teenager in the noughties, dominated by fucking Limp Biscuit and Nickelback. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not fucking fair. It's not fair. To be, f- to be fair, nice. there like... was a lot of shit music out in the 80s. Like, oh, no. No, 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 because we remember the hits. We remember the stuff that got to the top of the charts yeah. that was heavily marketed. Think about how much music is released now. Scale it down slightly, but... The, yep. um, this, the 80s were a time of massive investment in the music industry. Everyone was looking for the next big hit. Yeah. There was yeah. so much shit released. There was, it, it, there was a lot of one-hit wonders, weren't there? A lot of non-hit wonders Stock as well. Stock, and Waterman, my time. Yeah, yeah. But one-hit wonders, it's, it's, it, they, a lot of them are in this, they're pushed into one bracket of power ballads. An 80s, yeah, pa- an 80s power ballad is like nothing you've ever heard of before or what we've had yeah. since. They're all all the power, ba- power ballads are like in the 80s. You don't really get them in the 70s yeah. or the 90s, and they're fucking yeah. incredible. Yeah, you've got like you've got like Scorpions, rock set, and things like you know what I mean? These absolute mammoth songs. Bonnie Tyler. Oh, God. Oh yes, absolutely. Like nothing hits like those 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 bangs. Like, yeah, then, then again, like the a main thing from in my life is 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 the birth of when 
it's not the birth of metal, but it's when thrash metal came into the scene and they were like, oh, we can be heavier, we can be faster, we can be better at our instruments because metal were invented for people that couldn't play guitar. We all know this. But it got better. And do you know what I mean? I just think there's something about it. And to this day, I think rock music still latches on to that kind of era, scene, if you get what I mean. It's still, it's obviously modern, but it's still from that decade or genus, if you want. But yeah, I just, everything about, everything about 80s music, the fashion, even the shoulder pads, man. I'm all about that shit. That's because you've got tiny absolutely. shoulders and you want to feel like a grown-up boy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, I don't know. There's, I, I just, I've always loved it, and a decade that I'd barely spent any time in. Do you know what I mean? But it still resonates with me thirty odd years later. I, I just, think I, I mentioned think before the um, Bruno Brooks on a Sunday evening used to do the top forty countdown for two hours, yeah. or three hours, whatever it was. And I used to religiously sit I had a play on that, had the script at the beginning of the show, if you didn't notice. And I used to do a tape recorder and just tape yes. all the music. Yeah. And stop it when he started talking. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, me and my sister did that. It was just, oh, it was just, just good times. Like, to finish off my little love for the 80s music, I've got three fun facts. Man, they're not fun. My facts are never fun about 80s music, but they're backed up. So the 80s holds the record for most covered and sampled songs by contemporary artists. This is what I'm saying. Modern day music's not original at all. It's got the most sampled songs. Also, pop music has never been as profitable since the 80s, according to Forbes magazine. Like Gadget says, a lot of investment went in. <laughs> it, was, it, it was also sometimes very, reaped benefits. Yeah, it was also very expensive to make music back then. Like, there's oh, less yeah, investment yeah. in it now because it's so much cheaper. Yeah, you can just drop up a SoundCloud album, right? If I'm nothing. Yeah. That's crazy. And the popular MP3 music file format was finally finished and created in 1988. I didn't know that till today. That's mental, isn't it? It took so long for it to actually... I think it's about getting it out there and being cheap enough, isn't it? Well, no. What's that MP stand for? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. know. I've been using them for years. I think it's just a a dot format, isn't it? I think it's it's media player. Hmm. The third version. <laughs> um, uh, so, um, uh, yeah, MP3, the codec, and the, the software was created yeah. then, but there was nothing to play on it. Exactly. There was no player. <laughs> it's just, a, it's just yeah. a compression format. You need something to read yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. But, I do, yeah, I just think substantially impactful decade of music and fashion, and I just, I've, always, I've always loved it. I was well into pop music in the 80s then. Because you were better. But it has no reflection, really, on the music I listen to today. There's, it's just, you know, a massive, yeah. massive gap between what I listen yeah. to then and what I listen to now. But my, my birth in music was during the 80s. That's when but I doesn't that prove it. that it's never been as good as then? You know what I mean? Yeah, I you don't like pop music anymore. No, but I, I do kind of agree with the pop music side. I don't think there's been a better era since the 80s. There hasn't. I grew up in the 90s pop music and bleeding slightly into 2000s. Mm. But if I was going to listen to some pop music, I'd go back and it's listen 80s. to 80s. I'd listen to stuff like Erasure and things like that. Like yeah, you want some synth, don't you? It's so much better. <laughs> and, yeah. and I, honestly, I was just, I just, it's more fun. Went, just got on to, yeah, it is. That's the thing. The more fun, like I literally just gone on to Spotify here now talking power ballads, 80s power ballads. Like, here I go again. Um, oh, yes. Jesse's Girl, Free Falling, Eye of the Tiger, Since You've Been Gone. Uh, 
don't stop believing. I know that's overplayed now because of Glee, but before yep. that, it's <laughs> yeah. Africa, total eclipse of the heart, more than a feeling. And these are absolute bangers. Huge. And absolute timeless as well. Burning yeah. Heart from Rocky yeah. Five. Fucking love that yeah. shit. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Absolutely, mate. Pop music has never been the same, and I don't think it ever will. I think that's it. Pop music's over. It's all about genre music now, and it's a shame. But yeah, that's my pick. Stig, what are you bringing? I am going to bring something else which I don't think has been better since the 80s. And, and it's interesting that on. <laughs> no, it's definitely best. <laughs> um, no, I just find it different, funny that three of us only kind of had a few years in the eighties. Yeah, barely remember it. But we can go. We'll go back and we've watched things from that time and knew yeah. and, and enjoy them. And I want to talk about comedies, eighties oh, yeah. comedies, because we talked about yeah. action films last week. I, if if we hadn't done action films last week, I probably would have talked action films. Because for me, again, yeah. it's just I kind of love those over-the-top cheesy like action films that you get with Schwarzenegger. Decade of excess. And, yeah, and Van Damme and those kind of things. But I also think on the flip side, you've got that with comedies as well. Mm-hmm. That I Most comedy classics probably come from, that a lot of people remember, come from 70s and a lot into the 80s, especially around our age, is we remember the mm-hmm. ones from the 80s. So you have the likes of Blues Brothers, uh, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, the the, the yep. Burbs, Clue, Coming to America, like um, Planes, Trains, Automobiles, Beverly Hills Cop, Tana, Beverly Hills Cop. Like they're all ones that you know of, and you know the characters in them. Yeah, so that's yeah. the important thing to me. Like there are great comedies now, but how many times can you remember the? Like, I love games. Don't night. know the names. Can't remember yeah. a single character from them at all. Nope. But I do remember the characters in these 80s films. And and the, the best thing about the comedies in the 80s was they bled into other genres as well. So not only did you just have like your standard comedies, you then had kind of sci-fi comedies. So Bill and Ted or Little Shop of Horror, Critters was also like a sci-fi horror comedy. Gremlins. Um, Gremlins. You had um, martial arts comedies. I'm sure Biggie's probably, probably seen some of these as well. Um, police stories, a bit of a yeah. martial arts comedy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you and it just kind of they had so many different genres that you could fit into it. You had comedy, buddy cop comedies. So yeah, like Lethal Weapon. Yeah, yeah, Lethal Weapon, which uh, is also comedy slash drama slash crime procedural slash everything else. Yeah, like maybe not buddy cop, like the, that's the kind of generic term, but like. Like friendship comedy, so Stripes, Hear No Evil, yeah. See No Evil, uh, Turner and Hooch, Police Academy, Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, like you might not love these films, but you know of them because some yeah. they are big, like well-known comedies. Everyone kind of knows of them, and everyone's and like the road trip comedies as well. That started, didn't it? Yeah, so planes, yeah. trains, and automobiles. Uh, you yeah. have um, God, what's the other one Cannonball. called? Yeah, and Midnight Run. Is a great yep. one. Yeah. Um, that's another buddy comedy film, Twins, Tango Cash. I'm just sat here naming these films, but you've all heard of them. <laughs> and majority of yeah. people have, will have seen them and will enjoy them. And I just think it, it there's a lot of um you know big stars as well that you remember from that from that age. You know, Steve. I Martin, think I think Steve- what you what you do yes, sorry, what you do notice is like you were saying earlier, there's good comedies and stuff now. 
but you remember even now you'll say, oh, um, game night, that actor is good in it. But in like the 80s ones, you're like, oh, God, Turner in Turner and, o- Turner and Ooch, love him. Rather than you say, you don't say Tom Hanks, do you? You say the character's name. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, like, like, but you remember you know, the character. Axel Foley rather than Eddie yeah, Murphy. You'll but, say Axel Foley every single time. But the, the point is that Eddie Murphy is like a huge comedy star. There, you have Eddie Murphy, likes a Steve Martin, um, Danny DeVito. You have, yeah. uh, for as much of a dickhead as he is, Chevy Chase. You have yeah. Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, um, John Candy. Like, these are huge comedy stars who. Yeah. You know, came from the eighties. Predominantly, that's where they made it big in the eighties. And I just, there are so many great eighties films that I could just go back and enjoy over and over again. And you, and just, you, you know what most of those stars have in common? Saturday Night Live. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say cocaine. So eighties Saturday Night Live. Yeah, was like, from that, aren't they? Yeah. Was oh, ridiculous because you also had. Uh, Jim Belushi, you had Chris Farley, you had all these people that came out. Of it was the, the biggest thing ever, wasn't it? It was, and they they created that they were these high profile comedians who were good yeah. writers and great performers, who then got high budget comedy films. Whereas a lot of comedy films that you get nowadays tend to low be budget. low budget and very disposable, very quick comedies to make and very kind of by the numbers, so you you don't remember them as much. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree, mate. I whereas, absolutely agree. Whereas in the eighties, comedy films tended to get a bit bigger budget and a bit more prestige about it got them because people it was in hard. the cinemas. Yeah, it got people in the cinemas. I would not. Well, I can't remember the last time I went to the cinema to watch a comedy film. You go to see an yeah. event film, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, I'm off to see. I'm off to. I'm off to see. Fucking, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a comedy actor now. I'm off to see Adam Sandler's new film. I mean, I'd never say that anyway, but well, that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? That, well, that's, I mean, that, I mean that, there's your example from the modern time that Adam Sandler has made a, it's like a production line of comedy films in his style. Yeah. Which is how you end up with Grown Ups too, because it's just, it's <laughs> the same formula or like the Ridiculous Six or, you know, the kind of the shit that he did for Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And it becomes very commodified and very cheap to make and very low budget. Uh, lo- things low budget, like low planes, effort. trains, and automobiles. There's, there's so it's much a masterpiece heart in it. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. There's so much heart into it. And I know there's, there's that, that the, the, rant the, 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 is. Oh, the rant is says, He says fuck 19 times in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but even, even though. Well, you, you, and you, again, you, the, get the, you get that rant, and then you get the payoff of just the look on John Candy's face. And yeah. it's just, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> the, the professionalism as well between. Two main stars, even if they didn't like each other, which a lot of them didn't like each other, the professionalism was there. They still put it through. Like half of the Ghostbusters weren't talking by Ghostbusters two. Do you know I what think, I mean? It's just I, th- I think everyone hated Jim Belushi by, by the time they'd worked. Oh, everyone did because he was horrible bastard. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those things. And but but they still put that professionalism first, didn't they? And it's just. Oh, yeah, the spoof comedies as well, didn't you? you I was about to say the spoof comedies. Yeah, so the spoof comedies, I've made a note here. I don't think there's no better error than spoof comedies. You had Airplane. No. Um, Airplane 2 has got its moments. It's not as good. Yep. Yeah. Was Airplane uh, in the 80s? I thought that was the 70s. No, Airplane is the 80s. 80, 1980. Uh, Naked Gun, Top oh, Secret, Spaceballs, Spinal Tap, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Oh, Spinal like, Tap. It's just, I mean, Little Shop of Horrors is pretty much a spoof. Like, yeah. And like, they're just... And, and yeah, brains. right. Let's not let's yeah. let's get it real. Like, there's 
there's a lot of problematic shit in 80s comedies. Yes. We know that. Yep. Undeniably. But outside of that, and I, I also think that because they were they had a bit more free reign, they are more enjoyable and more memorable. I get what yeah, I get what you you're saying. I mean, yeah, like, like yeah, like we can kind of look at some of the you know misogynistic stuff and at times ra- yep. racist stuff that for, just played for a joke, slurs that are just Homoph- thrown out homophobic any stuff that it's just like because yeah. it's seen as a comedy, like as a quick one-liner. But yeah. because they had a bit more freedom to do other stuff, it just makes them more enjoyable. Like, just kind of look at Ghost, the Ghostbusters. Yeah. These guys, like they're schlubs. And they smoke. And all they do on the first and, one is and the, smoke. And, and they every smoke single scene, they've got a cig in the mouth. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is, but they feel, they feel way more relatable than Re- real. Uh, yeah, they feel real than more than modern characters. Those actors are comedies. smoking those cigs. They're not fake movie cigs. Yeah. they're having a, they're having a cig. It's just something <laughs> just about there's just something about the kind of that era and the. And comedy. Ray got a blowjob from a ghost. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Yeah, that was, look, luckily, luckily, when luckily when um, we watched that, like Amelia didn't, didn't like say, didn't say anything. She just kind of just, I think she just took it as like his sheets moving, he was being haunted or something like. Yeah, she tickling, I, I said it to my son. I went, "It's tickling his feet." <laughs> <laughs> he went, "Oh yeah, I understand." I went, mm-hmm. "Yeah, just the comedies from the eighties. There are so many classics and so many like. I mean, I'm just looking at this list here as well. My 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 favorites and. And within these four star films as well, you've got stuff like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like, that's, yeah. you know, just things like that. Genre is, bending. It's like a meant to be a kid's film, but also slightly not. It's dark as shit, that film. I love it. Yeah. But... Oh, God. It's so good. I'm glad they didn't do a sequel to that. It's just this one, it's yeah, own thing. Ooh. Roger oh, Rabbit. They didn't? They've Ooh. not done a Roger Rabbit 2, mate. No, I'm definitely not. thinking of Space Jam 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Roger Rabbit 2, the Tomb Platoon. No way. No way. I've never heard of this. I'm not when did this it. happen? Uh, when did this what? happen? What year? Oh, hang on. Un- I am a gas. Unproduced prequel to the critically acclaimed film follows Roger Rabbit oh. learning he's adopted, going out to search for his birth mother. The script takes place from 1941 to 1943. It's not released then. Apparently, there was meant to be one released this year. Oh no. Oh no. What have we done? We've uh, cursed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Sorry for bringing it up. But yeah, just <laughs> again, just, just the comedies, man. The, the, the ability to yeah, spread man. across different genres and still be hilarious, even though it's a completely different film. You're watching a horror here, but it's still got this amazing comedy elements. I just, like Freddy Krueger. I just think it's unrivaled. I mean, I've missed Robin Williams here as well when I was list- listing off actors. I'm just looking through this yeah. list here, man. He was amazing as well. But He was. Yeah, 80s comedies. Incredible. And I, and these are the kind of things, these 80s films are the kind of stuff that I kind of show my daughter. You know, The comfort films, aren't they? Most when she gets a bit older, obviously we'll get onto the more adult comedies, but yeah. you know, <laughs> things like Monster Squad and Princess Bride and stuff like Honey, I Shrunk yeah. the Kids. Like, they're all fine for her. She enjoys them. Yeah. Good, good pull. Gadget. Uh, so I want to talk about uh, tech that came out in the 80s, and there's actually two... two of course th- you do. Two things I precisely want to talk about. <clears throat> First one is the Apple Macintosh. So this is, everyone knows what this looks like. It's a, a little beige box with a keyboard and a mouse. Uh, all it's in an one ugly unit. little thing. But 
it, it wasn't at the time. It was the kind of the first of then its it kind. wasn't. No, yeah, yeah, they were like, whoa. Well, what is important about this computer, this particular computer, is this was the first computer that hit the mainstream that had a graphical user interface and a mouse. So really, pre- yep, and it came out in 1984. Previously, all computers up to this point that you have at home, so whether it was uh, the Apple One, the Apple Two, or any IBM machine, or yeah, yeah. Uh, Spectrum or a Commodore, whatever, you interacted with it in command line. So you know you you, t- you type yeah. your files up to CD games, Gosh, you'd play. CD games, yeah, play yeah. or cat or whatever. You use them like old yeah. Linux boxes. So up to that point, there was no um, user interface. Like different programs would have a user interface. Like, again, you would navigate around with keys and all that kind of thing. Yeah. What yeah. Steve Jobs did. I mean, you, to be fair, he ripped the idea of IBM. He'd seen he'd seen something that IBM were <laughs> God, making. He ripped most of his ideas off. He did. Yeah. Um, so he got his millions. Well, yeah. Steve Jobs was great at marketing. He was not so much the ideas. <laughs> yeah. But he'd seen a, a tour of the IBM facility, the concept of a graphical user interface with a rollerball to move a, a mouse around. Oh, right. Um, and he charged the engineers at Apple with making it. And what they came up with was instead of using a rollerball, a static rollerball on your desk, was the humble mouse that we still use today. Um, back then it had a single button on it, but you had a graphical user interface which looks, for all intents and purposes, a lot like Mac OS X does today. Yeah, it um, does, doesn't it? <laughs> so this was, this was Mac OS 1, um, and yeah. it was ridiculously popular. It had that 1984 advert that Ridley Scott produced at the Super Bowl. Where he's throwing yeah. the, uh, the hammer. The ha- yeah, the, the, the Think Different ad. And that encouraged yep. people to buy it. Um, it sold for, at the time, 1984, Oodles, hold on to your CTA, your cheap Yorkshireman's going to take a hit. Oh. In 1984, it sold for $2,495. Uh, uh, fuck off. Which, then. Which, which in 2021 would be $6,580. <laughs> <laughs> It's still cheaper than the PSVR 2. Yeah. <laughs> it had a nine-inch black and white CRT monitor, a floppy drive. So have I. It, its own keyboard and a mouse. That's all that came with it. It was all housed in beige plastic. Um, and it had... it. It had. Uh, hang on, where's, where's the stats for what it had in it? Are uh, you sure it was beige plastic or was it white that turned beige? No, no, no. Like it, was, the, no like, it, was, it, was, it was kind of an off-beige that just got darker over oh, time. Oh, that's fine then. Um, <laughs> that's fine then. It ran with a Motorola 68000 microprocessor running at a whopping 7.8 megahertz, connected to 128 wow. kilobytes of RAM. That's kilobytes, not megabytes. Wow. wow. Um, and it, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, to be fair for the time, it wasn't the most powerful thing in the world, but it was unique. And it got, it became a business thing. So Microsoft Excel was first written for this. No way. Which because, I use every day. Because it has a graphical user interface. Yeah. Um, there have been spreadsheet software before, but Excel was written for this. Um, mm. It came with like kind of the progenitors for Photoshop and, in, and InDesign and stuff like that. So you had you had Mac Paint, you had um, Mac Design and um, uh, software like that, and it was hideously popular. People loved it. It sold by the bucket load. It was still even at that price. Even at that price. I mean, it got cheaper over time. And then obviously the, the, yeah, the, the, um, there were redesigns for it. So like because Steve Jobs is Steve Jobs, for instance, um, he thought, no, this computer is everything that you need. All the innovation happens in hard in, in software. So there was very little mm-hmm. options for expansions. You had no kind of extra ports to put RAM in or anything like that. It was kind of a very limited to what you could do with it. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't have fans was in it. it. Just, was it, it just floppy disk? It was just floppy disk, yeah. Didn't even have a hard drive. Wow. 
um, until like later variations came along with more with like yeah, hard yeah, drives and you could get expansions, more RAM into it. Uh, there were versions released with a fan because it, uh, Steve, <laughs> Steve Jobs didn't want the sound of a fan. He thought it was distracting from work, which caused a few fires. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Any controversies, good marketing. Yeah. But ultimately, this took off with business and, and then it also took off in, at home. People started making games for it. Um, and as various yeah. iterations came on, eventually in 1987, it became the SE, which is one of the more common ones that we know today. And then that kind of led down into the Power Mac and the kind of the G series. But Apple still supported um, the original 1984 Macintosh 128K until 1998. That's insane. 14 years of support that computer had. Um, they, uh, no, to be, to be fair with Apple, they like to support their hardware, like the phones, for instance. It's yeah. the only manufacturer that can say that a six-year-old phone still supported. True, yeah. But it, 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 it's just interesting because had Steve Jobs not nicked this idea from IBM, who knows where we'd be with computing? Like We have a graphical user interface now in Windows that, so we can talk to each other over the internet. I think without him, we'd have what the Nostromo has got. Yeah. Today. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a quick question around that. Yeah. Um, not being a PC gamer, so what happens with... PC games and Macintosh, where my understanding was that they, people stopped developing or porting games to the Mac. It became like a really unpopular choice to convert games for the Mac because everything it, ended up being PC in the end, wasn't it? it, it so it, it, PC in, went huge, didn't it? That's why. Well, back, back in those days, you had to define it as not PC, it was like Macintosh and IBM because everything that we yeah. use now is based on IBM designs. Yeah. Um, the Eventually, it got to the point where um, Macintosh and it, it's the problem that Apple suffer, suffers still with now be, they become so premium and so kind of focused on their own thing whereas the mass PC, market is it? It, it, it it is mass market because they're very popular but the PC became very modular and very homebrew and do it yourself um, the Steve, nerds like them better don't they yeah Steve Jobs didn't want people writing their own software They he wanted companies writing software for the Mac uh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, so yeah. over, over time it got harder and harder to make things for, uh, for the Mac whereas like people the PC was an, always an open structure like you can't you still to this day you cannot buy a version of Mac OS that works on anything but Mac hardware yeah yeah um, and it's because of Mac that I am technologically behind everyone else at my age because when they were at school, do you know how you have the IT rooms? Yeah. We had, like, I don't know, whatever amount of PCs, and I my seat was where the only Mac was in the room. So I, I did loads of things on Mac. And I, I first ever touched a Windows computer when it was uh, Windows ME. So I was so behind. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And everyone's like, it's easy to do. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I think that's why I'm, I'm behind. Plus, I'm just an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> don't agree. No, um, but yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you went, you ended up in in those it's days true. as well. If you started with a Mac, if you started with an Apple computer, you tended to stick with Apple computers. There wasn't a lot of cross. I did for ages, me because mate. when you had the Apple one and two, and then like the early IBM PCs and the like, the Pet and stuff like that, you got very focused into how they worked. So you ended up staying yeah. within that um, infrastructure. Um. Mm. Last thing I'll say on the Macintosh, well, there's a, there's a little cute little Easter egg with it. If you ever see one of the original ones and take the case off it, it's got the signatures of all the engineers who worked on it embossed into the case. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, which I think is I think is just nice. <laughs> cute, isn't it? It's cute. Uh, but the other bit of technology I want to talk about is the humble Sony Walkman. 
Yes. What a machine. What a machine, what what a machine a, that is. What a moment of engineering that is. Take your My tips God. with you. Oof. Well, that's, oh, that's, oh, so, what? You mean I can jog and listen to music at the same time? That's it, man. It's making music portable. Like compact Oof. cassettes have been around since the sixties, up until that point. But Sony made Sony made this little. It, it, the thing is, I love how they look now. Like the the the, the sound. The, the, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I love that kind of vaporwave sound. Anyway, I love the sound of tape. Yeah. But like, I love the way they look. These kind of uh, blue and silver steel boxes. Um, red, red, orange earphones. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a revolution in the. Uh, when did they first come out? Um, 19. I think the first ones were. It came out in Japan in 1979. Yeah. Um, but it went global in the 80s. Yeah, it went global in the 80s. And they're an icon of the 80s. Oh, um, I had one. <laughs> I loved it. I, I had multiple Walkmans. I, I, I had a I had cassette I had, one. I had, I had the a original CD Walkman. one. I had a mini disc one. I had the original Walkman, the tape one, the blue and silver one, till 1998. Nice. I fucking adored it. They, 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 they I just the, couldn't find tapes anymore. Yeah. They are the ultimate in vintage cool, like, especially if you get like a, a 79 or an 81. Um, mm. Just it, the revolutionary, being able to take your music with you. Like Previous to that, what did you have? Boomboxes that you had to broadcast to the entire yeah. street I mean, you're walking you up do look cool with a boombox, but everyone hears it. Everyone thinks you you're might, a You might have really bad taste of music. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine Noodles walking around Leeds with a fucking boombox on your shoulder listening to Lorna Shaw. You um, get glassed. Lead. And yeah, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. So, so people definitely walking not. Around, what people walk around now with this shit playing out of the phones, don't they? It's like, grime, innit? It? All that grime. Like, fuck off. So yeah, <laughs> so, for, so for, the Walkman was one of the most popular pieces of technology ever released. They sold Absolutely. millions of the damn things. Um, you know, and the design never really changed on them that much. They were pretty much static as to what they were. They just looked cooler over the years as they, as they kind of got on. They got yeah, a little thinner. I, I had the, they got rechargeable batteries. Uh, ones with like inline well. remote the, controls. Remember the re-release in the ni- early nineties, the black one. The oh, the black, black one. one. Oh, that was lovely. Stunning, those. stunning. I had that one as well. Oh God, I love them. Like most most people recognize Walkman now as more of a brand than as the actual original kind of cassette Walkman. But yeah, they were strong. They were well built. They sounded great. The headphones that you got were not the most expensive in the to, world, and not you had to change them, didn't you? Get your own. <laughs> yeah, you had to get your own headphones. Yeah. yeah. Um, the best well, one I had was the one that was almost the size of a tape. It got that small. Yeah. Yes, they did, didn't they? For the Walkman, it was just a little slide opening that you yeah. just slide the tape in and shut. It's perfect. So, the noise. Oh, that click clunk play. Oh God. Ooh. That is ASMR, that. Yeah. Oh. I just, I, it, it, it's one of the things, because obviously I love my, my gadgets, I love my toys, and I think the Walkman is, and the Mac together, they kind of represent the two most important things in the world right now, because music and computers. And, you know, the yeah, fact, that, that, yeah, the, the fact that you've got an iPhone, which does it all now in one little device, it's like magic the, in it. these two progenitors to something that's become so important in 2022. So, yeah, I, and... I, th- I think it, it's one thing. If you've never held a, pr- a proper Walkman, you've missed out because I think there is something. They're icons. They're iconic. Uh, the problem is now, if you've never had one, they're a lot more expensive than they used to be now. To oh, find how, I wonder how. I've got going... one at my mum, so if anyone wants to buy it, it's going to cost the same amount as if Sony, PlayStation VR 2. I'll swap you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's 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 have a look on uh, eBay and see. I was looking. I was looking at some sealed sealed ones. Uh, God, a few months, and we were talking talking about Walkmans a few months ago, weren't we? 
and I'm looking at some sealed ones and all the plastic's gone yellow and they're going for like four grand, mate. <laughs> 1983 Sony Walkman WM4 cassette player, fully functional, in blue, £250. Yeah, 12 watches on it. Yeah, unbox and everything. Wow. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so hang on, can we filter by... I mean, look at look at Sony Walkman now with their MP3 players. They're the dearest ones you can buy. They're supposed to be really good, though, for sound, right? Yeah, the lossless quality, high def and stuff, aren't they? Oh, fucking yeah. hell. So, uh, yeah, working... Uh, Sony Walkman WM20 Gold, limited edition, uh, £2,800. <laughs> one of the original ones from the 80s. This one has bids on it, 2,179. How many bids you got on that? <laughs> got two bids on it. Have you been bidding? Yeah, no, I did. <laughs> I waste my money on a lot himself. of things. <laughs> oh, here's oh, the, the yeah. iconic blue and silver one, Sony WM3, uh, refurbished, £903. That one's got to come from Japan. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I'd, I, I, oh. I'd love to get my hands on another one of those original ones that I had. Do you know what I've seen, Gadget, and it'll make a nice present from from me to you, actually? Yeah. Is um, do you know how gunpla is a thing, and I'm, I'm obsessed with it. And you, like my little playstations that you can make gunpla ones. Yeah. I've oh, seen can the you Sony get a Walkman, Walkman one? one. Yeah. And oh, you can sit there and build one. it yourself. I get they're only eighteen quid. It's the tax that you get them into country that costs more than the device. Oh, what's <laughs> it? A Walkman Gundam. Yeah, but gunpla. Gunpla. Gundam. It's not a robot. <laughs> Gundam. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll send you a link if you can't Walkman. find it. It's, 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 they're only in Japan, but... Oh, yeah, God, send, yeah so send, send me a link, because I kind of want oh. something like that. But, you sit and build it, and all the innards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love, I, I, I love 80s tech. I love the style of it. There's a really great series on YouTube that Marcus Brownlee did called Retro Tech. Yes, um, watched it. Where, he's, where he, he's... And that was kind of the inspiration for that, because he did an episode on the Macintosh, he did an episode on the Walkman. And he's... He's approaching thirty. He's he's yeah. he's he's a person in his twenties, um, but he is he he came to the internet later than we did because of his age. Yeah. Um. So yeah. he's seeing a lot of this stuff for the first time now, and it's actually really quite lovely to see someone like playing with this stuff for to the see first a time. Young and love it. Yeah, but also <laughs> kind of work out how to use it because they don't have the instruction manuals when he's playing with them, and it's like it's like how in- intuitive eighties tech was because it had to be. So I've got a uh, I've got a uh, a Bush vinyl player, just a classic one, you know that yeah. that me stepdad gave me a wooden a va- one that you have to varnish. Ooh, nice! And uh, I, I I played um, what was it now? De La Soul. I had the the vinyl of it, and I yeah. put it down. My daughter's going, "What nice. are you doing? What is that?" And I went, "Watch this." Put the needle on, and she went, "Music!" And she was so <laughs> astounded that music was coming out of it. I went, was, "Yeah," was grooving her heart. I was polishing it. Oh, definitely. I was cleaning it with, with vinyl cleaner and stuff, and she's like, oh, that stinks. I went, don't get too close. Don't get too close. Because <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> Fuck you up. Don't, don't get too yeah. close. Don't get too close. I assume that was uh, three feet <laughs> yeah. high and rising. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. But, yeah, I, th- I think Walkman. I mean, as, 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 a, as a, like, name, it's famous for the phone line that they did as well, the Sony Walkmans. Yeah, I, the, uh, the WA10i was the greatest phone yeah. I had for a very long time. Fantastic picker. Just a good brand. Like I would love one of those five hundred quid MP3 players, but then again, I wear skinny jeans. I can't have another device. Do you know what I mean? That's the problem. And I've got a phone. So yeah. it's a shame. It's a shame, isn't it? But yeah. Good picks from all. So that was our little 80s retrospective. Um, as always, 
links. Oh, no, 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 no you're getting oh, ahead of yourself. Oh, what are you doing? Jesus, oh, you're only off a week. Fucking hell, man. Oh, my, hey, hey, I'm still a better host. <laughs> yeah, I want to know what yeah, everyone else has been, uh, wow, everyone else has been uh, thinking back on, if there is at all. Yeah, we, yeah, we have a few of them. Uh, King, ha- King Hagrid has written in, says, my personal mm-hmm. highlights of the 80s are The Princess Bride, which was casually yes. overlooked in the action movie episode. Uh, Someone did mention it in the feedback, actually. Uh, Such a good film. And with Neil and I, they are my two favourite films of all time. Oh, with Neil and I, so fucking good. If you've never seen that, watch it. Richard E. Grant. I find both films, as the kids would say, mid. (laughs) Oh, no, really? Yep. I think they're both overrated. I have never seen either. Oh, You'd probably like with Neil and I, actually. I think oh, yeah, he would. Nor- Nor- Northern <laughs> miserable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lee yeah, Dean. I thought it was all right. <laughs> Lee Dean. <laughs> all right there. <laughs> Catching You're up with welcome. The there. Uh, Put that on the box. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Davies has said, music-wise, it's the Pet Shop Boys in Erasure. Mm, mm, mm. I, I love my synth-based pop duos. Movies, it's the Indiana Jones trilogy. Specifying. Yes. yes. Trilogy. Well, there's only a trilogy, isn't there? There's only a trilogy. There's only three films. I didn't know there was another one. I mean, one of them is oh, wildly racist, coming. but you know. You know. Um, yeah, well. <laughs> uh, games of the 80s is Super Mario Brothers. Uh, yep. Also, I should mention Paradroid on the Commodore 64. Played it, yes. loved it. He goes on to say, it wasn't very fashionable in the 80s with... Uh, sorry, I wasn't very fashionable in the 80s with my, eight, with my council estate bowl cut. <laughs> I've got one now. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember everything being brown. I would have been uh, 11 as we went into the 90s, and I feel like that was more my decade. The 80s didn't feel good to me at the time. It were, it were pretty grim. It wasn't until Vice City came out that the 80s became cool for me. Oh, and on TV, yeah. Blackadder. Still good after all oh, these all yes. these years. Yep. See, comedy, timeless. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And last of us, Xenos saying, I think it's fair to say some of the best-known franchises in gaming history started in the 80s. Mario, The Legend of Zelda, the Metroid series have come a long way since then. The first standalone Mario game was an arcade release in 1983, and all three franchises hit the NES later that decade. If you don't count Mario Brothers as the first Mario game, Donkey Kong also reached the arcades in 81 as an attempt by Nintendo to create a rival to Pac-Man, which was released in 1980. Most people are probably aware that the 80s also included the great video game crash of 1983, not helped by Atari having no idea how to set reasonable deadlines. (laughs) Nobody learns, do they? (laughs) But the resurgence that followed can be put down to the success of the ROB toy bringing Nintendo to the American market. Rob may not have lasted like. Was Rob ever successful, Rob the Robot? I don't think no, I but had he's a Rob. cute. I had a Rob. I had a Rob as well. I, I did. <laughs> couldn't figure out how it worked. Mistakes, definitely. I, I've, I, to this I've day, never it's seen still one in my mind. Never got oh, past I've got the first. You can have mine. <laughs> never got past the first level. Me and my brother couldn't figure out how to do it. <laughs> he's cute. He's cute, but he's, he's, he's really like. The plastic's mucky on him now. Oh, man, you know what honestly. I mean? What the fuck was that all about? Rob may not have lasted that long, either. but I think that it's arguably one of the biggest impacts a marketing tool has ever had on the industry. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Put simply, without everything that happened in the 80s, the, vi- the games industry would look totally different today. The Mario franchise is numerically the best-selling video game franchise in history. And what's in second mm-hmm. place? Oh, would you look at that? It's Tetris. And that started in 1988. Yes. Probably the best thing to yep. come out of the Soviet Union. The whole era was, if you'll pardon the pun, a complete game changer. Okay. 
and set the bar astonishingly oh. high despite a relatively low technological level compared to the systems that followed up on it on the 90s. I'm telling you, it's nice cocaine. One. The only reason those games had such a wide selection of games at the time, cocaine and cigarettes. Because yeah, no, nobody slept, <laughs> and they just sniffed up and, and smoked. I, what if we? What if this little Italian plumber, right, goes to this what we call the Mushroom Kingdom? And he eats a mushroom and he gets bigger. Then he eats a flower yeah. and he fires fireballs. Yeah. Yeah. Cocaine. Cocaine. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. and the bad guy is a big dinosaur. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's all cocaine, mate. I mean, the thing is, without video games, we'd all just be sat, sat in dark rooms listening to repetitive music, eating pills. We wouldn't be here. Yeah. Cheers and ghosts. No, I don't think I'd. No, we definitely wouldn't be doing this podcast. This podcast wouldn't exist without video games. True. Not yeah. a chance, not a prayer. So, yeah, is that everything from our listeners? Yes, that's everything from the listeners. Excellent. So, as always, links to all our extracurricular activities are in our show notes and at modernescapism.co.uk. And please consider becoming a patron to help support our endeavour from as little as one pound. Wow. One poop. Next week. Also, make sure you go and listen to Smash That Glass. The first episode came out. Candy's new podcast. Yes, absolutely. I'm not going to discuss my thoughts on it yet, but I've listened to it. That's all you'll need to know. <laughs> you make it sound so bad. Yeah. Oh, no. It was, no. It was great. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's fantastic. No, no, no. They've done a great job. I want people... At, yes. Oh. Very, very, very looking forward to where that's going to end up. Oh, love it. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts. Love it. Um, <laughs> next week, spoiler alert, it's great. Next week, we will be giving each other an album from the 80s to review. Of course we are. We love these little album things that we started this year. Are we going to divulge them now or in the Patreon? No, no, no we, we, do, we, we, do, we do it in the green room. We'll do it in the green room. We're locking yeah. it behind a paywall. Womp, womp. So... If you're not one of our patrons, you're going to miss out on that. You're going to miss out on that and Nexus Plus and other stuff, honourable mentions and stuff. So that's been a show for you guys, but we'll see you in the green room, patrons. So good night. Bye. 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 I've tried taking supplements for it, and I, I, I just can't find it. Yeah, do you know what? I think it, oh, I think there's only one man that can introduce it. Dean, take it away. I do need to point out <laughs> that it's not Dean that does that. It's Monk's boy. Is it? Yeah. Start again. If <laughs> I were Dean. <laughs> no, you said it like three times. I've cut it out every time because it's Monk's boy that gave us that. Let me start again then. <laughs> start again.